2: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting.
1: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Real bone
4: recognize. Real bone recognize. Real bone recognize. Real Real bone recognize. Real recognize. Still. I uh, reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine. I get the shine. I throw your hands.
5: Welcome, welcome everybody. What's up? It's your boy Pudgy. Welcome to the KIRP radio show. You guys know how we do it, man. The number one black conservative talk radio show online, Southeastern United States, 5.4. We're write right at 4. 5.4 million listeners out there worldwide. And you know what? You guys are B-I-G in my book, and I really appreciate you guys rocking with us. Another Sunday, taking a moment, taking a page after your NFL Crazies it's been going on it's been a lot of n f l stuff going crazy i I don't know if i'm a i'm an n f l fan I think the world knows that i mean coach and do all sorts of things with kids, and you know you just gotta love football man it's it's a good sport. Um, you know, when it, we don't talk about people getting hurt, but, you know, we like to talk about the beautiful part of it, the camaraderie, the, the leadership that you learn, the, the fun in it. You know what I'm saying? So the relationship building, the strong willed, the individual effort, everything, man. Football is just lovely. And uh, there's been a lot of things going on in this Sunday. So I thank you guys for taking some time out. Come and chilling with us on the KRP radio show, man. I definitely appreciate that. You guys are B.I.G. in my book. Going back. Well, okay. I just got a message here. Let me, let me get this out here. <clears throat> if you're, uh, if you're listening to the show via online, we also have a phone number that you guys can call to just listen to the show. Or if you got comments, you can, uh, you can dial that number and, uh, hit number one if you got a comment and then we'll bring you on. But if you don't have a comment and you hit number one by accident, we might uh, pull you on a queue. But, you know, we try not to bother anybody. Man, what's wrong with me? I'm breathing like a fat man. No offense to anybody, but, you know, <clears throat> been working out a lot. Still sick a little bit, a little bit under the weather. But anyway, the number six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. 619-638-8559. That's the number to call. Hit number one if you got a comment. We'll get you guys on here. Feel free to spill your guts, folks. We give people time to talk on this show. We try not to interrupt you. You know, sometimes you, folks get long-winded, and, you know, it is what it is, man. We don't have all night But we try to let people get their comments out so they can talk about, you know, whatever they need to talk about and really get it out. You know, there's a lot of shows where you get cut off and people big mic you. I I don't know if y'all know what big micing is, but they'll turn your level down and turn the show level up and make sure you can't get your words out. So that's what happens, man. But we don't do that on this show. So 619-638-8559. That's the number to call. If you're listening via online and you want to call into the show, maybe I'll say something to piss you off. And I'm known to do that. (laughs) But uh, maybe I'll say something that you just don't agree with, or maybe I'll say something, or one of the callers will say something, or, or, you know, somebody that's attending the show. Maybe one of those people will say something that sparks you and that that makes you want to share. So, you know, we're all about sharing on the KRP radio show, and that's B.I.G. in my book, too. Uh, Last week was a very interesting show. Uh, We had some guests on the show, uh, one of KRP contributors to our Facebook page, Um, Mel, came through and uh, he dropped some knowledge on us and uh, he had some things to say. We also had somebody on the West Coast call in, I forget his name, shout out to that guy. And uh, we also had uh, uh, Talitha McEachin, she's a conservative blogger, Um, you know, she does a lot of things out there, man, look for, I think she works for Herman Cain's uh, website or something like that. And uh, she got a lot of comments on the show, man. So shout out to her. And I appreciate you guys for sending us that feedback. If for some reason you guys have feedback or um, you, you're not getting, a, uh, you're not hearing the show clear or something happens, please don't hesitate. Hit us up at radio at gmail.com. Somebody will get it. If I don't get it, somebody out there will get it. We'll get the information and uh, we'll try to get it fixed for you guys, man. There's quite a few people that help with the show. Shout out to John. Uh, Shout out to Nikki. We got a lot of people out there, a lot of producers that help the show, man. They work part-time with KRP Radio, with uh, WM3G. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the support that they give us, man, and all the help that they do because I couldn't do it by myself. Definitely couldn't do it by myself without those guys. I want to take a second and shout out the Greater Gaston County, talking North Carolina, the Greater Gaston County, North Carolina Tea Party. Those folks had me out yesterday. And uh, it was wonderful to go out and share with those folks. And you know, basically when when basically when I go to speak to people, my goal is to motivate. You know, before I started going to tea parties, I was a motivational speaker. People would bring me out. I would go. I would talk about some things. And you know, to me, we should motivate no matter what. You know, I, I may say some pers- I may ha- I may have some personal views that people don't agree with. You know, I may have some things that uh that I I think are just true or some things that I think is reality that you may not. But the end-all be-all is all of us being productive, all of us being better, all of us having better lives, all of us living out our lives to the fullest. And and my job is to motivate people, I feel like, uh, through Christ, through through my understanding through Christ and and my relationship with Christ. Whether you believe it or not, I think there's a place for everybody in the world. You don't have to believe like I believe, but I'm just telling you how I see it and how I feel it to be right. But anyway, those folks had me out there, man, Gaston County. So shout-out to the Tea Party out there, man. I met a lot of beautiful people. I left with a cigar, and uh, I left left feeling good. You know, I I actually – a lot of times when you go speak to people, you end up having conversations, you know, afterwards or before – And um, A lot of times I leave inspired And and, you know it's a beautiful thing And and I said this about Occupy Wall Street And I know a lot of conservatives uh, Didn't agree with me on this one But I often said and consistently said That Occupy Wall Street was a beautiful Idea It was a beautiful movement Just for the simple fact of If you believe in the constitution If you believe in individuality If you believe that in the American dream to the point of that an individual can work hard and and succeed in life. If you just keep pushing forward, if you actually believe that there's no way that you can look at the Occupy Wall Street movement for which it stood. I'm not talking about the events that took place within it, but the idea of it is no way you can look at that and say that it's a bad idea because in contrast, the Tea Party and Occupy Wall Street is the same type of idea—a uh, bunch of individuals that came together and say, "You know what? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the same old same old. I'm sick of corporations running the government. I'm sick of my representatives being run by lobbyists." If if you believe those ideas and if you share those ideas, there's no way that you could look at Occupy Wall Street and go, "You know what? That's a dumb idea," because it's somewhat the same idea. Um, it just got a little out of hand. There was no angle. I don't believe there was there there wasn't a goal and and you know a lot of people that were in charge of that infiltrated this uh, Occupy Wall Street didn't have the best interest of those people that were protesting that were anti uh big government that were anti corporate and government relationships and I get that man I can dig that so I just want to take a second to say shout out to the Occupy Wall Street people that had the idea of this being a big thing, a new thing, something positive, not the negatives that it turned to because it, it really got out of hand. There are a lot of things that absolutely went wild and went crazy, and those things aren't equivalent to what goes on in the Tea Party. Um, the Tea Parties don't have those type of uh, incidents. They don't have the, the some of the rapes that took place and some of the viol- a lot any of the violence, what am I talking about, any of the violence that took place in some of the Occupy Wall Street movement, so, you know, I just want to take a second to say that, and, you know, I know I got a lot of people riled up, I'm sure. But, you know, it is what it is. This is what I believe. This is what I know to be true. This is what holds value in America is that we all have individual ideas. We all have individual beliefs. We all believe that this can be a better place if we all just pitch in a little bit. And that's just me, man. That's where I'm coming from. So shout out to everybody out there listening, man. We got a beautiful show lined up for you guys. We also have a guest that is coming on the show with us, too. And uh, she's going to come on to Drops and Jewels with us. I'm not going to tell you who that is yet. We'll tell you after the break in just three minutes. We also got Charlotte coming up from StretchingYourBudget.com. Triad Super Saver. She's going to tell you guys about how to live a little bit more frugal, tell you about a website, tell you guys how not to be ashamed of couponing. I don't get it. I've been in the circle of folks, and let's just call it what it is, man. There are a lot of people that receive some sort of assistance Whether it's unemployment, food stamps, what may have you, it is what it is. I'm not one to criticize. I'm just saying don't make it a lifestyle. I think we all agree on that. But anyway, I was in a circle of people, and, uh, you know, we were talking about food stamps. And look, man, I keep it real. I'm not trying to incriminate myself or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like I get food stamps, but my grocery bill is kind of high. Yeah, Put it like this. My grocery bill is off the chain. (laughs) We got four kids. My wife and myself in this house. And I also have another child. Shout out to Makai. I know he's listening. I love you. About time to be going to bed real soon. But um, <laughs> listen, man, no shame in my game. So we were talking about food stamps. And I'm like, man, if I could get some, I'd pay for them. And I would. If there was a store you could go to where you could buy food stamps, damn it, I'd buy them. I would be in line to buy some because I don't want to pay taxes in the first place. It is what it is. That's just what I believe. So you don't have to like it, but that's just me. Anyway... I was in a circle of folks and we were talking about food stamps and, you know, while they were talking about food stamps and we had the conversation, and it was a funny conversation. We were talking about, you know, uh, you know how the ice cream man drives around and the ice cream man rings the bell and he wants to sell ice cream. I said, I wish there was a food stamp truck that would drive around and ring the bell and sell food stamps to people. So we got on the topic about buying food stamps and what the street value of food stamps is. Folks don't act like you never heard it before. Don't act like you you have never heard it before because I know you have. But anyway, we were talking about the street value of food stamps and the face value and what you pay for this amount, and somehow we got on. Somehow we got on couponing because that's just that's that's the way of life in my house. That's something that we do. That's something. Well, that's something that my wife does more than me. But once upon a time coming up, I was ashamed of coupon I didn't want to take the time to cut them out and present them in the line, and I didn't. Want, I just didn't want to go through all of that. But anyway. <clears throat> we do now So we got we started talking about couponing and, and what it means And you know one of these people That was in the circle with me Started talking about Well I'm not going to be I wouldn't be called dead in the line Couponing And I just thought for a second I'm like well hold up You're a grown ass man You're not ashamed of food stamps But you're ashamed of coupons Yeah, I know y'all thinking like me, like, what the... And that's how I felt. I'm like, and we we actually end up having a debate about how shameful coupons are versus food stamps. So I just bowed out, man. And that's me. If I can't get my, my rightful point of view across, something that I know is right, if I can't get that across to your sometimes thick-ass heads to some people out there, that's just too bad. But I, I don't understand how people cannot be ashamed of food stamps but be more ashamed of coupons. Frankly, if it's me, at the end of the day, if I had to have food stamps to survive and that's what I had to do to get by, guess what? I'm not going to be ashamed of that because I know, speaking on myself, I've done everything in my power to support my family. So guess what? It's not working. I need a little bit of help. Hey, I'll go up whatever I got to do. Sign up for them, Let me get them. You know, I ask some family maybe for a loan or i apply for a loan. You do what you got to do to get by. You do what you got to do to take care of your family. And there's no shame in that. Hold your head, high, people, anybody out there that are doing what they got to do to get by, no matter if it's assistance or what may have you. If you're giving your full effort and it's just not working and you need a little bit more help, that's what it's there for. It's not there for people who, who don't care to get by, who don't care to go hard, who don't care to have a job, who don't care to do everything in their power to survive before they actually go ask for that assistance. It's not for you all. It's not for a lifestyle. It's not just to sit by everything every day of your life and sit back and wait on that food stamp card to load or check or however they come now. It's not for you folks. It's for all of us out here that are having an extraordinary time getting by. That's for us. That's for you. Hold your head up high and don't be ashamed of that because with, with what's going on in this country with these policies and a lot of the things that are happening in the political landscape of things, if there ain't a lot of people on them now, there will be a lot of people on them later believe that check this out man it is 8 17 i'm two minutes past my 8:15 break i gotta go to commercial folks and then when we come back i'm gonna bring one of the most beautifulest people in the world i'm talking beautiful this woman reeks saving money rock with me man i'll be right back after this break we're gonna bring charlotte on from triad super savers stretching you guys hang with me one minute we'll be right back with charlotte
6: It's just thing do.
5: 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism One out of every 110 children born today Will be diagnosed with autism If you have any questions or need support We can help The Autism Society of North Carolina Can be reached at 800 442 Welcome back, folks, to the KIRP Radio Show. If you're listening online and you got a comment, and you want to make a comment, you got something to say, you got something to broadcast. Maybe you just want to talk about yourself. I don't care what you want to do. Here's the number, 619-638-8559. Make sure you hit number one if you got a comment. Right now, we got time for your girl from StretchingYourBudget.com. Type that in, folks. Trying super saver her herself, Charlotte is on the air. Charlotte, hold up, what's up? What's up? How you How's been? It
0: going?
5: Oh, see, so you beat me to it. I've been good. How about you?
0: Good. Just keeping busy.
5: You're always busy, Charlotte, and uh, I'm always busy. So we are always missing each other somehow. But you know what? <laughs> we always make time, and you always make time to come on KRP Radio and give us some good info and I'm always taking notes from you, so I'm not going to waste any more of your valuable time since I'm already late. I'm five minutes over my segment, over your segment. I'm sorry. So, uh, you know, let the people know what you got for us, please.
3: Um, well, I hope there's not a lot of feedback. I'm actually standing in a hospital.
5: Oh, wow.
3: <laughs> but, uh, I'm fine. It's just my stepdad says. But um, we, we'll talk about that after I'm done, but just let me know if it gets loud in here. You're good? But, um, No, I I don't have a plan, obviously, but I was just thinking, you know, with being on the go a lot um, the last two weeks, just been traveling um, back and forth to Charlotte. And so I've been trying to think of ways to, like, save money with eating out. And I know that's, like, a huge thing that a lot of people struggle with because of convenience. I know I'm not the only one out there that has to deal with this, I'm Sure. (laughs) Um, but so I was just thinking of ways to, um, you know, try to to cut back and not eat out as much. Um, so it's just simple things, but just planning ahead and trying to, you know, make sure that we can either pack a lunch or like a sandwich or something for so the kids on the on the way if we're going somewhere that's going to be a long travel, or um, just like packing, because we do a lot with couponing and stuff, we get a lot of snack foods, so they might not be as healthy for you, but it is more of a convenient thing. So if you can grab, um, you know, some prepackaged stuff to take with you on the go, that would, you know, be able to save a lot of time. Because even with us at the hospital and stuff, you know, going to the cafeteria and snacking and, you know, you have to pay for drinks and snacks and all that stuff really adds up. And um, so just taking that few extra 10 minutes or so before you go somewhere to plan ahead and try to, you know, take some extra snacks or even a meal um, just to help cut down on that extra spending. So, and another thing that we've tried to do is to share. So, I know it's hard for a lot of you men that like to eat, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) you know, it's been something that I can do with my mom. because. You know, we don't have to eat as much. So we've shared, you know, if we get, like, a big sub, we'll split it in half or whatever. So at least you can, you know, cut and not have to buy two meals versus, um, you know, three or four, however many you would have to get. And with our kids, I've realized that because my kids are smaller, I just don't work yours because they <laughs> they're eating out of the house. But oh, yeah. um, with my two kids, they don't ever sit down and eat their whole kid's meal or whatever. So we just usually get one kids' meal and let them split it Um, because we were finding as we were eating out, if we were eating out, that we were paying for these two kids' meals and they were each only eating, like, a portion of it. Um, So we just get one kids' meal and and let them split it. So that could be another alternative if you have smaller kids that might not, you know, eat as much. So just trying to find small ways to cut um, down on your budget is always key. I know that's something that people don't take the time to do, but, you know, little little investments and stuff like that can go a long way Um 'cause because you know that stuff adds up really quickly so just take advantage of your stockpile and see what you might have that you could take with you on the go even keep stuff in your car you know um like make the pack like a, a small little bag or something you can keep in your trunk of things that that you don't have to worry about melting or perishing quickly and you know kind of like a you know, on-the-go kind of things and snacks and water and stuff like that. So you don't have to stop if you do end up being on the road for a long time. So that's all I really have. Not a lot, but little things to think about.
5: Well, it's nothing wrong with packing the lunch, but let me keep it funny. Oh, man. no.
3: <laughs> I, got it,
5: I got it. I know my wife can get mad at this, but I can't stand it, man, because I don't like to eat old food. And yeah. <laughs> it's like if it's supposed to be cold, I want it to be cold. Mm-hmm. If it's supposed to be exactly. hot, I want it to be at least a little bit yeah. hot. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, dang. Yes. Yeah.
3: Well, you just have to make a sandwich or something. Or take, you know, your bread and go ahead and put your bread in a Ziploc bag and then bring your peanut butter and jelly separate and you it on there. <laughs>
5: yeah, I just, I'm spoiled, man. I just got to stop being like that. I That's,
3: know. That's the thing. It's like we're, our society is so too convenient that it's just it's even difficult to break out of that mindset. Let me ask like, oh, you. Stop here.
5: <laughs> well, l- let me ask you this though. Just just real quick because the show's the first half of the show, first segment of the show is on parenting. And um okay. I just want to ask you what's the two questions? What's the easiest thing about parenting that you found out and you didn't know? And what's the hard part about parenting that you found out that you didn't
6: know?
3: I'm gonna do the hard first.
6: <laughs> okay, that's fine.
3: Um, I would say the hardest thing is discipline. Um, I find, and as many people that want to put in their input with discipline, you know, like you'll have your parents say, "Well, I did this with you," and da da da, and then you'll have your in-laws giving their two cents, sure. your friends giving their, you know, their cents. But discipline for me, um, it's not so much disciplining because we definitely discipline our children we I cannot stand kids running all over the place. But the thing for us is consistency. So I find that my husband and I tend to threaten or, you know, we'll say, oh, we're going to take this away if you do this. And never follow through with it. You know what I mean? so, like, we might here and there, but if, you know, it's just sometimes it's just hard to be consistent and follow through with what you're saying. So it's just finding that balance and taking the advice from people and, you know, choosing what's going to work for your family and not trying to listen to everybody's opinion because oh, every yeah. child's not the same, you know? Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so that would be the hardest thing for me is consistency with discipline, just following okay. through with what you say. Um,. And the easiest thing, hmm, I don't know about the easiest thing as far as parenting. I, I will say, though, I mean, it's not. it doesn't really have anything to do with parenting. I mean, maybe it does, but you, you know how people always say, You know, how can you love one child just as much as you love the other? You know what I mean? But when the other one's born, you have that same amount of love. Like, I just never realized that until you actually deal with it. You know, you actually have another child, how much love that you can actually have for the same child. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just It's hard to actually listen to what somebody's telling you until you actually are there and have experienced that. So I just think that just, the love for your kids is just something that is so incredible that God just kind of gives us. And um, it's just really neat to see each of them and how they interact and just the love that you have for them. So I just think that that was something that I was always nervous about. Am I going to be able to love, you know, this child as much as I love this one, you know, before they actually came, you know, after I had my first child? And you do, and that's just really cool how, how God gives that to you and so I just thought that was something that I just was not prepared for. You know, so I don't know if I'm getting that out, but it's just really neat to to see how I don't know, just something you know what I'm saying? I don't know I, if I'm getting that across no, but
6: I
5: I think I got it though. It's 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 just how When natural. you have
3: one child you just don't understand. Yeah. You can't fathom that. I and mean, it's like you think about eternity, you can't fathom that. You know what I'm saying? Like your mind just doesn't go there until you've actually been there. So just that's my thing. It's not really parenting, but it's just something that I just never really knew how it was going to work or, you know, one of those experiences you're not really aware of until
7: it actually happens. I,
5: I think it's special. I, I think it's something supernatural. I mean, when, when you talk about mm-hmm. love, you, you know, you – no one can bottle cap love. Like, that's that's something right. that we always try to do uh, in our society. Like, we, we try to bottle cap our love. We don't want to give too much. We don't want to give too less. And, and then mm-hmm. you're giving the, the wrong impressions. But when it comes to our kids, it's like...
3: It's just like a unfathomable love. Like, you love them no matter what. Like, whether they say things that hurt you or whether they... You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah, that yeah. love that is like constant and nothing ever fails that and nothing ever changes. It doesn't ever waver. It's just like that love that he's, of you in know, God's best out on the New Testament. You know what I'm saying? Just that. Yeah.
5: I think you said I think you said the most important thing. That's probably, you know, I got notes right here, but I think that's something I'll build off uh, for the remainder of the segment. And, and that's, you said God gives us, it's something that God gives us, and, and it really mm-hmm. is. I mean, you don't, you don't, you can't put a limit on how how you love your children, and and oh, yeah. your love for them doesn't compare to anything. You know, anything on yeah, You can't
3: on this recreate that. it's, yeah. it's instilled. And even if you adopt a child, that might not be your natural child. God still gives you that love to love them as your own, just right. like He loves us. You know what I'm saying? Like he Absolutely. gets that childlike love, just like that childlike faith. It's that. It's just something that only he can do. I mean, if you if you don't believe, and I know that this is totally off the subject, but if you don't believe in God or or anything like that, when you see your chil- children and when they're born and that just that instant love, like you, how can you not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
6: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: I mean,
5: I I don't I don't understand. There's a lot of things that happen to kids out here, Charlotte. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's on parents. Watch. And, man, Mm -hmm. I I don't I don't understand how with All right. Here's the thing. With kids, you know, things can happen so fast. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's a lot of parents that are irresponsible. So a lot of things Mm -hmm. happens on the parents. Watch. and, and, And that's what I just don't get. You know, oftentimes I'll take my kids somewhere and they're always in my peripheral. I could be having a conversation mm-hmm. with you, but you know, sometimes our conversation may be in vain because I'm focused on them. I'm making sure exactly. they don't go too far. And, and, you know, when it comes to girls and, and I don't know about anybody else mm-hmm. out there, but my daughter's a little bit different than my boys. And, and granted, I love them the same. It's not I don't yes, get it twisted. But I'm always watching my you daughter. You have
3: to be a little bit overly cautious.
5: <laughs> Absolutely, because I you know what? I, I don't know what people like. I don't know what weird and sick fetishes people have. And I know they be maybe looking at my, my son as well. But I'm extra protective over my daughter. I'm always looking at what's around her, who's around her, who's watching her. And and you know, a lot of the times I'll just have her you know, Jay, sit right here by me, baby. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. I know she look at me like, man,
2: come on, yeah. dad. I'm
5: like, I'm a, I'm a preteen, man. Let me go, man. Let me chill. But exactly. you know, at the same time, you got you got to watch people. So I don't, I just don't understand how so many things happens on a parents' watch when you know that they love their kids like that. And I, and I don't think that is per se being irresponsible. It's just that things happen so fast. So you know, that's something that I wanted to talk about tonight is how can we prevent some of these things from happening on our watch. Even when we're, in, you know, everybody's not irresponsible when things happen. Sometimes it's fake. Sometimes it's just reality. Sometimes it's just life. I don't know what it is. But I do know that a lot of the times it's not because parents are irresponsible. So how do you fix that?
3: You know, and, and sad to say, but I think that it's something that um, we have to teach kids, you know, whether they're our kids or not, it's, you know, you have such a platform with the radio as well. You know, you never know if a child or a preteen or, or whatever is going to listen. But I think that because parents, some parents are irresponsible and sadly are focused on themselves and whatever it may be, whether it's drugs or boyfriends or whatever it is, they're so focused on themselves that they – push aside, you know, their children and stuff. So I think that we are having to teach our kids so much more these days um, and fill in the the voice for some parents that aren't stepping up and, and being a parent. You know, there's so many distractions out there.
2: Yeah. You know,
3: you've got yeah. um, the Internet, the telephone, all kinds of stuff that are just distracting kids and parents as well. Um, but I just think that we just have to try to educate kids as much as we can on being protective and, you know, the things that the parents are lacking, you know, watching their back. Unfortunately, you know, kids are having to take on that responsibility. You know, there's a lot of kids that are adults, and they shouldn't have to be. But yeah. um Wow. I just think that it's just going to be important for, you know, parents all all over, not just your own children, that you kind of teach that and try to guide kids and stuff the best way that you can. Um, You know, even if we're out and we're with friends or something, if I see Mm -hmm. one of their children doing something that they may shouldn't, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say don't do that because I can't stand for somebody to parent my own child. But, (laughs) you know, you can steer them to redirect them is what I'm trying to say. You can redirect them and do something that might be better that would be less harm you know what i'm saying so so, even so what, what's that it's just in what's a nonchalant way well,
5: well, well what is that thing because i'm known to i'm known to if if your child is in my house and they're about to fall or doing something i mean i i'm quick to say, uh-uh, baby don't do that hold on a second I, that's just in my nature that's yeah. me and that's a well, lot I of people but fine. granted i
3: think
5: it. yeah no no but granted i'm like you now I right don't get it twisted I don't even like my yes. mom to get on my kids sometimes. I don't, exactly. because, I, you know, I, I teach them a certain way. So I know what I'm telling them to be right or wrong. And, and, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe I just don't like it. Okay. Maybe I just don't like for strangers to correct my kids because they're my, no, kids. I don't. that's just the truth of the matter. They're just my kids. I want to correct somebody else's kid, but I don't want them correcting my kids. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not right, but we got to live with it. Why are we like that today? Why are we like that?
3: Um, I just don't think it's as, as our human nature not to be corrected. You want to feel like you're doing everything the right way. I mean, nobody likes to be corrected, whether it's with your parenting or whether it's something that you're doing. But I think, you know, with that, you know, it could even be like a best friend and I still have a problem with it. It happens and I've, you know, gotten really upset with somebody. But I think, you know, you ask, like, what is that? Instead of saying, I oh, don't do that, say, look, let's go over and do this. Let's come and redirect their attention. That could be with anything. That could be with an older teenager doing something that they shouldn't be. Oh, look over here. I've got this. Let's do this. You know, in a nonchalant way, it's just all about how you say things. And I just think that redirecting their attention to something else is going to be more positive. <laughs>
5: that's it's the best way to do it. <laughs> that's a trip, man. We, hold on, six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. You're on the air with Pudgy. We also got Charlotte from Triad Super Saver, StretchingYourBudget.com dot com. Make sure you check the website out. You can also hit us up on Twitter at symbol K I R P Radio Show at symbol N C Pudgy. Add me. Leave your comments. I'll get them read off on here. Uh, on Facebook is Facebook dot com backslash K I R P Radio Show. Leave your comments on there. We're talking about parenting from all aspects here in the first segment. Before we have a guest in the second segment, Charlotte, listen. Okay. <laughs> I hear you, right? I heard you. Yeah. I heard you loud and clear, but I still but don't like
3: easier it. <laughs> than done.
5: It is because, you know, we we realize that, you know, these are kids, first of all, like when when I was growing up, my neighbor would correct me. And my neighbor up the street that didn't know me would correct me, and they would correct everybody in the neighborhood and everybody around. And sometimes uh-huh. they would even bring your little narrow tail back home because he was down there cursing and Miss Nancy and get him. I already got him one time, but get him. But today, in uh-huh. today's society, Man, you don't. We don't want people to correct our kids. And I'm, I'm being upfront. I can deal with it yeah. if my child is being wrong. Now I'm, I, I am. I get it. Okay, I'm not crazy. I'm just saying I get it, whether I like it or not. I can deal with it. But it's gonna piss me more off at my kids. But in a society in years past, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they got corrected and they might have got spanked or popped and then brought yeah. home. But today, if that happens today. You're probably going to read about it on the 6 o'clock news. What in the world has changed in this society? Has Have we just gotten that much worse in a society, or we just don't interact that well anymore?
3: I, I don't know. I think that people see money, and when they see something like that, they see lawsuit, and that means green. <laughs> people are struggling so bad that they will turn anything into, it's like everything is up, lawsuit's up, I'm doing up, That's, you know. I mean, it wow. seems like everywhere I turn, I hear somebody saying, oh, I sued this. I mean, the this isn't to do with parenting, but it all started, it seems like, when that lazy lady sued McDonald's for burning herself with their hot coffee. I mean, it's common sense, but because you're too stupid to, you know, not oh, have I your coffee in your lap when you're driving, then you... <laughs> like,
5: oh, you called that old lady stupid, y'all. Come on. I go. did.
3: I certainly did. <laughs> I think that people, like... It can't own up for things that they might do or make a mistake over, so they just blame it on somebody else. It's easier to put the blame on somebody else than it is to take ownership over what you're doing. So I think that's where that's 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 kind of become because when people get corrected and let's say you're in a store and your child gets corrected by someone, that falls on you. That looks bad on you. So instead, if you take an ownership for not parenting and watching your kid, you put the blame on the store associate for correcting your child or doing whatever it might be.
5: Wow, that makes sense, though. I, I see that a lot in the supermarket, and, you know, I see, I see. sometimes I stumble over kids, and mm-hmm. I won't, dare, I won't dare say anything, though, but, you know.
3: Well, that's know. why people are doing that, I think. I mean, that's my opinion, but they're, you know, so if somebody is like, oh, that's why we don't be our, you know, you can't spank a child in school anymore because that looks bad on your parents' skills because you did not teach your children to be respectful in school.
5: Today you'll get locked up for that. You'll get wedding. locked up
3: for that. Exactly. Today
5: you will go to jail. It's,
3: but I think it's because parents don't take ownership. I think that's why they don't because it, it looks poor reflection on, on them. They don't want to have to look bad. People are all about look at me in this society. It's all about me and my image and what I can have and buy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that kind of rolls into that. So that looks poorly on them, so I just think it's easier to cast
5: blame on other people. You're it's getting a lot funny. of love like, on the blog, too. Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. Am
3: I, am I getting <laughs> hate oh, <yeah>. already?
5: <laughs> no, you got a lot of love on the blog right now. You got a lot of love on the blog, too. Facebook's got a lot of, <laughs> of comments, too, I think, right? Yeah, we got some Facebook comments to read well, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. I,
3: well, this is kind of off the topic, but this morning in church, since we're talking about it, um, our pastor said, um, you know, he was just kind of laying it out on the line as as pastors like to do, you know. And so he was just saying that, you know, you'll never see people go to a, a, you know, people sign up for a a leadership class in a heartbeat, but you'll never see people sign up for a followers class.
6: So, you know, (laughs) following
3: God and, and, you know, when you go into heaven and you follow, um, you know, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. It's not, uh, people don't follow. It's not in our human nature to follow Mm-hmm. and so people always want to look at me. I take ownership over this. I'm a leader, so people are really apt to sign up for, like, a leadership class, but you'll never see somebody sign up for a follower's class. I just thought that was really <laughs> kind of tied into this, and it was just kind of funny. But, you know, it's just people don't – they want to say, look at me and look what I did, but when it if they do something wrong, it's, oh, I didn't do that. No, not me. Of course not. Mm-hmm. And I think that just comes along with parenting, too because it's hard to take ownership for some of the things your children may or may not do.
5: Well, I I, I hear that. I I definitely hear that. Would you be offended if, let's say, an in-law came to tell you, instead of correcting your child, they came to tell you that you need to get them because they're over there doing X, Y, and Z? Would you be more offended by that, or would you be more offended if they corrected your children?
3: Um, I would probably be more offended if they corrected my child. Really? I, I've had it both ways. I mean, my my in laws are very. I'm um, part of my kids' life. Sometimes maybe yeah. too much, but um, so you know <laughs> they they don't spank or anything like that. But they will put them in time out and tell them, no, you may not do that and that kind of thing. And I'm fine with that if they're there and I'm not. Yeah. But if I'm there, they don't need to overstep that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's almost like them saying that what your parents say isn't the authoritative thing is whatever I say, no matter whether they're here or not. You know what I mean? Like I want to know know that what I say is what I say, not what somebody else does. As a parent, I just want to, you know, so if I'm there, then they don't correct. Now she has come, my mother-in-law has come to me and said, you know, you need to handle this. This is not, they're out of line or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I roll my eyes, but I do go and... <laughs> and handle it, but that's better to me than them doing
5: it in front of me. If they're staying there with my kids and I'm not there, then they know that they can correct them or whatever. Sometimes it's embarrassing. It's just embarrassing to have Mm -hmm. your kids act up and then people have to call them on it or call you on it Mm -hmm. and say, hey, you need to get your kids. I I think I would rather them correct my kids because I can hide behind. I can at least say, well, you know (laughs) what? I I teach them better than that, man. I don't know what they're doing, but I teach them they They know better than that. You're
3: not taking ownership. <laughs> and hiding and letting that <laughs> fall
5: on their kids <laughs> oh man 619-638-8559 how do you guys feel about parenting any tips that you have any stories you want to share hit that number one if you call the number 619 619- 638 8559. We're also on Facebook. Leave your comments on there. We'll try to get them read off here in a second. Uh, Facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. You can also hit us up on Twitter at symbol KRP Radio Show, at symbol NC Pudgy. That's us. For all you iPhone 45812 holders, hit us up on iTunes. You can listen to all the old broadcasts, all the current broadcasts, and what's going on live. So uh, our iTunes listeners have, have increased, man. You guys are doing great. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. It was more than 200,000, so that was pretty good. Um, you know, that's fairly new for us, but uh, we're moving right along. you on the air with Pudgy and Charlotte, and I know I've talked Charlotte's head off, but uh, Charlotte's one of my favorite parents, I just call it what it is, because she has some beautiful, beautiful youngins, and uh, her and her husband, I, I, you can see. you know, You know, it's not hidden. You know if parents have an adequate or a good relationship with their children just off Mm -hmm. how the children respond in front of you. That's the thing about kids. Like they're 100% correct. Kids is no wrong in kids. They're going to give you what they always give you. What happens at home, they're going to display in public. What happens Mm -hmm. in the closet, they're going to bring it out. There's no hiding it with kids because they're so innocent and pure. So if you don't have a good relationship with them at home, it's going to show in public. If you don't mm-hmm. discipline them at home, it's gonna show in public. There's no hiding it. You know what I mean. So that's the beautiful mm-hmm. part about kids, and also that's something that we all should take note on when it's out, when it is our in-laws, and when it is our friends, and, and it is our family. Because frankly, whether I like it, you like it, or anybody likes it, or not, you need all the help you can, and mm-hmm. we're not gonna always be around. To come to, to tell us that our kids were doing wrong, or we're not going to always be around to defend them, and and frankly, we're not going to always be around to not like you correcting them or 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 not like what they're doing. So you know, in in reality, we do need a society of people that will say, hey, that's wrong when it is wrong, whether we like it or not. We'll get over it, but the kid, the children will learn their lessons, and and I think that's something that we should get better at. But at the same time, you got to be conscious. You got to be conscious and understand that we are parents. Those are parents. They're going to be protective over their children. So mind your mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mind yes. your mouth. Mind your actions. Just don't come out any kind of way. You know, you need to, it needs to be subtle, it needs to be calm, it needs to be collected Granted, Everybody loses their temper. I get that, but don't take it out on my child. You know, correct my child without being an asshole upon my language. That's really what we're looking for. I think that's what people would appreciate instead of you being negative, yanking, snatching, disrespecting a child. Because granted, you can disrespect kids too. I think that's something that adults get twisted. I think it's something that parents get twisted is that you can, yes, you can disrespect your child. You can disrespect yeah. any child. You know, you should approach that child with full respect and love instead of just coming off the handle, acting any kind of way. And then when you do have to respond to your kids or react to your kids for doing wrong, They'll get it. They'll understand, hey, this is just mom, this is just dad being dad, mom being mom, this is necessary because, you know what, I was wrong. So, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen all the time, but I think that we should always be respectful towards our own children and others, you know?
3: That's so true. I cannot stand to be out in public and I see somebody snatching their kids up and yelling at them and hitting them up the side of the head and going off on them as if they're not kids. Kids are kids. You know, more than likely you've had them out past their nap time or something. You know what I'm saying? It's
6: <laughs> probably yeah.
3: your fault that they're acting like this anyway, so don't take it out on them. But I just really can't. As you're talking about disrespect your your children. You want them to respect you. You need to have the same respect for them. Whether they're an adult or not, they're still your children. And with that being said, and you were saying how um, kids can come out and say whatever, kids are sponges. I mean, They can see or hear one thing. I mean, my daughter can hear a song in the car, and she knows all the words to the song the next time it comes on. I mean, it takes just a split second for them to pick up on something. So whatever you say, and the old saying goes garbage in, garbage out, if you've got garbage going into their ears, that's what's going to come out. That's a reflection on you, again, (laughs) because, you know, if you're letting them listen to things that are really bad or see things that are really bad, that's what they're going to do.
5: It is, man, and they're and, only gonna
3: know what they hear and see.
5: Well, I, I see it a lot because I coach kids, I mentor kids, I speak to different youth groups. I I, I try to involve myself with kids as much as possible, and, and you no, know, frankly, I got a bunch of kids over here, man. <laughs> but um, you know, my kids play sports, and you hear it out of the mouths of some of the kids that are on mm-hmm. the field or on the court, and I always find it really interesting, like when when a child curses on the football field they curse at another child and mm-hmm. you correct them but what I used to do early on in coaching what I used to do is I would get the child and ask them where their parent was find your parent so we walk mm-hmm. over to their parent and I would tell the parent what they did hey your child just said whatever ask
6: mm-hmm. and then
5: i just look I stand there and look and see how they respond and and majority of the times if the parent cares if you, how do you know that the parent cares is that
6: mm-hmm. that's you how they see react, the fear. To
5: react oh yeah you see the fear in the child
6: mm-hmm. you know
5: first of all they, if it's my kids they're going to be crying on the way on the walk over there no no mm-hmm. no no but you know my kids aren't going to talk like that anyway not not around mm-hmm. me or anybody else they might say it under their breath for to themselves but you know what it it need not come out i don't even want i don't even want them to think it and but you know with with you know, just in reality, society with, the, with society the way it is, they hear it, unfortunately. They hear it. They It's on TV. You can't always mask it. You try to turn the channels, and they get it. But anyway, like I was saying with my story, you know, I always found it interesting to see how the parent would react and how the child would react. And it's almost like a study to me, man, because sometimes you'll get a parent that goes, did you say that? Why did you say that?
6: Mm-hmm.
5: You better not say that again. Now go on out there and play. And I'm like, so you just gave him a pass. Mm -hmm. You know, you just gave him a pass. The child knows that they shouldn't talk like that. They know that anyway. Because they don't outright say it in front of you, or do they? You know what I mean? So I always find it curious, man, how parents respond to their children doing wrong, you know, when you tell them. Or do they roll their eyes at you like, you know, hey, man, my child ain't doing nothing wrong. You lying on my child, you know. So I, it's so many different things that happen when it comes to children and parents. It's just crazy. I, all all I can say on the issue of uh, someone else's child is that I think the best thing that you can do is if they're going, if they're harm, if they're about to hurt themselves, to correct them, mm-hmm. or if they're about to yeah. do something that would you know hurt someone else or maybe break your stuff. That's when you speak up and say something and bring right. that child back it to the parent. Yeah, that that's probably that's probably the best situation. It's probably the best way out. I don't know. You know, I don't know because some parents act
3: Yeah, so- you would rather have that on your hands to, like, feel guilty for hurting that parent's pride for protecting them. I would rather mm-hmm. have hurt the parent's feeling for stopping them and saving them or someone else from doing something harmful than I would to speak up. You know, I'd rather just speak up, correct them, protect them. As a parent, I would want my child to be protected. You know, than I would to
5: worry about hurting somebody, some parent's fault for stepping in,
3: you know. Absolutely. I think if it's something minor, then it's good to redirect.
5: Well, it's all through love, you know. Like, everything is through love, man. If if you're correcting the kids through love and and if you're being loving in your correction and loving with all that you do, everything will have a way of working itself out. Even Mm -hmm. if people like me will get offended for correcting my (laughs) kids, I'll I'll straighten up. (laughs) Um, Charlotte, you got a whole lot of Charlotte rocks on here, man. Kevin Watkins says uh, that Charlotte rocks. He says verbal correction is okay, hey, Kevin. But I feel like any type of punishment should be done by me. And and Kevin, I feel mm-hmm. it. I get it, brother. I I definitely get hey. it. But on Facebook, we asked the question. I won't go to the blog because there's a million comments on there, and people are going in. But uh, on Facebook, we we said we're on the air. We're talking parenting, folks. Any advice? And uh, Kevin Watkins also said, it's more important to be a good parent than being a cool, popular parent. Being a parent should be more important than being your child's friend. Respect yourself and respect your children will respect you. I like that.
0: Very
5: good. Um, Tracy Benson says, love your child. They are a gift from God. And with you, only a little while. That's true. She She also goes on to say, parenting requires sacrifice, there's no way around it. You cannot do everything you want to do and be a good parent. Loving your spouse is one, is one of the very most important things you can do to raise a well-adjusted child. Amen to that. Uh, Lori Jones Barsley says, uh, glorify God in, in all instruction. Amen to that. Leave it all in God's hands. Be consistent. And remember, teens will make their own decisions. Just love them unconditionally. Whew, teens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Julie Scott Emmons yeah. says, Take delight in your child and look for opportunities to give them grace every day. Embrace the way, embrace the way God made them, and realize it's more important for them to be like Christ than to meet any expectations you have. It's all about Him. Act that's justly,
3: that's
5: walk humbly, and love mercy. Mackay six I love that. eight. I love that too. I gotta look that up too. I'm gonna like that real quick. Like that, Julie. Charlotte, a lot of other people say you rock, and I know that you're at the hospital, so I I do want to ask you what happened with that before we get you off the air here.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, last week, as you guys know, you probably missed me. I wasn't there uh, on the radio, Uh, but my stepdad was in a motorcycle accident um, last Friday, a week ago, and. Actually, a 90-year-old man turned in front of him and cut him off and flipped him over top of a car and
5: Jesus.
3: Um, landed on the other side. So long story short, Saturday, he was in surgery all day and had reconstructive surgery on his wrist and knee and ankle on one leg, cracks and ribs and that kind of stuff. Um, so they sent him to rehab facility um, for, you know, for working his legs and all that kind of stuff. And yesterday, early morning, he um, some of the medicines that he was on caused like hallucinations and stuff, Mm. and he fell out of the bed and um, broke his hip on the other side, a good leg, I should say. So um, tomorrow he'll be going in for a complete hip replacement. So um, it's just been a really – Long week and a half or so. So I've been back and forth um, to Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm Charlotte and Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte um, and Charlotte. I know. It's like people always get confused when I say that. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm just here, you know, supporting my mom and, and my stepdad. And, um, you know, she's not getting much sleep. So I'm just trying to help, um, you know, alleviate some of that so she can get home and get some rest. And so just be praying for him. He'll be in surgery tomorrow Um not really sure what time yet, but so we'll be having a hip replacement. He's only sixty-one, so it's not really that old. But yeah, um, yeah so his bike was totaled. I'm sure. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's just been um, just really stressful, I guess, two weeks or so. But especially, you know, he was on his road to recovery, and now this happens. <laughs> It's like, are you serious? I mean, all you can do is just say, I cannot believe that. That's like all we can keep saying.
4: Is, I cannot
5: believe that just happened. So. Wow. Well, our hearts yeah. and our prayers definitely, definitely go out to your family and and definitely to him, man. That's all my bikers out there, folks, man. You got yeah. If you're on twos, man, you you got to be watching everybody and everything, and things do happen real fast. Trust me, I ride almost every day, so I, I get it. But and and there's no way to really see. Uh, you know events before they happen you, you, you just can't so if you guys are driving out there look out for some bikers please. man yeah, before you merge and you know just just don't pull out in front of these bikers man they can't stop the same way you stop you know you have four yeah. doors around you a lot of the times or two doors around you and a hood on top of you front and the back so you know they don't so look out for bikers if you would please and, uh, yeah, like the I thing said, that
3: he said was, like, he's been in four motorcycle accidents and only one of them was his fault. So it's well, not necessarily the biker. It's just people around don't really know how to react, I don't think. <laughs> hmm. But, yeah, but this man was 90. I mean, he really probably shouldn't have been driving. But well, it, is, it recovery, is. But
6: it's
3: Anything, I think this might, like – I mean, he, I don't think that, um, he was like a very strong follower in Christ. And so this, this might be something that just might renew his faith. Cause honestly, he probably shouldn't even be alive. So.
5: Wow.
3: You know, there's like, always a positive and, and bad thing. So we just look at that.
5: Well, that, there is. And, and, you know, I, like I said, man, it, yeah, speedy recovery, we definitely wish him a speedy recovery and we hope and pray. We send our prayer and our love. And if it's anything we can do, you know where we are, because, um, we're willing.
3: Thank you. I certainly appreciate it. Yeah. I know you guys are my extended family. <laughs> no doubt.
5: You know that. And it's, it's not just talk. So, you know, we don't we do not do much just for talk, even though it's talk radio. But outside of that, it's not just for talk. So, if really, if we can really help you, let us know.
3: Well, I appreciate it.
5: You know it. Charlotte, you got to give some <laughs> shout-outs because, you know, that's what we do.
3: Well, um, shout-out I always to my husband. He's at home with the kids, of course, and for my in-laws. For, um, you know, picking up for me if I'm not there. They're keeping one of our children tonight and taking her to school in the morning. So, you know, it's just, as we were saying, it, it's nice to have that, that help when we need it. So I always have to give them a thank you, even though sometimes they might get on my nerves. <laughs> I hope
5: hope they're not listening. She just took the shout-out segment to give a cheap shot to the
6: gut. Oh, what's that bad?
5: (laughs) Charlotte, thanks for dropping through, coming rocking with us, man, in the first segment. Appreciate you guys. Don't forget, Charlotte, you can check her out on Triad Super Savers on Twitter. You can also find Triad Super Savers on Facebook. And if you're getting real funky and you feel real good about yourself, log on to her website at StretchingYourBudget.com dot com, almost said K R P Radio. stretchingyourbudget.com dot com. Look for comments, look for uh, updates, look for coupons. I mean, man, she she does it all. Charlotte's always out there working for you guys and dropping jewels and you know just showing people how they can save a little bit of money and live a little bit more frugal. That's what she does. She works for us folks, even though we don't pay her. What she does is a direct benefit for us. Now I don't know what to say There's not a lot of people out there Who dedicate themselves to other individuals But I like her So uh, shout out to that You're rocking with the KIRP radio show The number one black conservative show Talk radio show Southeastern United States With over 4.4 Or at point. 5.4 million listeners out there. One day that'll be billion. With your support, we're on our way to the top, and I appreciate you guys for rocking with us. We're on Facebook. That's Facebook.com backslash K-I-R-P Radio Show. We're also on Twitter, at symbol K-I-R-P Radio Show, at symbol N.C. Pudgy. If you got a comment, 619-638-8559. Don't forget, we're also on iTunes. When we come back, Artie Christ going to tell us a little bit about the spiritual aspect of living in a USA. We're going to talk about that. She's going to drop some jewels on you guys. We'll be right back after these commercials. you listen listening to the KRP Radio Show with me, your boy at NC Pudgy, baby. Yeah, out to read. We rockin'.
1: Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament.
2: Across America, the NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active.
4: Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org.
8: Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry, wee,
7: wee, wee, all the way home?
2: Your home.
0: Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Skyco.
2: Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more.
6: K-R-R-P. Radio!
5: They doubt and hesitation. If money talks, I got my masters in communication. But I don't pun it. I run it for a hundred. Ever since I wasn't young and been hungry, it's called Bunyan. you have been so fixed to plumbing. I'm a beast in the game, you run it. And if this ain't what you call
4: hip-hop, it must be bungee jumping. East side on my arm. Three stripes on my sneakers. And even if they slippers, they better be Adidas.
5: For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC. That's Allen's Trucking, LLC. Owner, Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919 426 five four five five again nine one nine four two six five four five five if you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC
2: I believe you can tell a lot about our governor and lieutenant governor by the way they lead our state we have great challenges facing us and need strong courageous visionary leadership to see us through I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina Lieutenant Governor. As an architect, senior partner, and office president of the state's largest design firm, I was accustomed to solving complex problems for my clients. Architects are creative problem solvers, and that's what we need more of in Raleigh. And we need more business leaders, not more politicians. Over the past 10 months, I've visited the majority of the counties in North Carolina multiple times. I've traveled over 80,000 miles listen to thousands of North Carolina and share their solutions to the challenges we face. Did you know North Carolina ranks 41st in the nation in K-12 education, 36th in graduation rate, 43rd in unemployment, 38th in business tax climate, 42nd in illegal immigration. This is just not acceptable. I believe it's time to look at the failed policies of our current governor and lieutenant governor and demand real leadership for North Carolina. As your next Lieutenant Governor, I will tackle these issues head on and provide the strong, courageous, and visionary leadership needed to lead our state through these challenging times. Over the next few months, I'll be sharing solutions to these challenges and I hope you will take the time to share them with your friends and family and give me your feedback. I believe we can turn America around and I believe we should start right here in North Carolina. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina lieutenant governor, and I ask for your support.
5: RP Radio Show, baby. Sorry about the long commercial run. We got them all in there at one time, though. It was only about how many? Seven minutes? That's what my producer says. I don't believe him half the time. Going to a call out of the nine one seven. Last three digits two three five. There's a few of you nine one sevens on here. That's different. Uh huh. Calling you on the air, with Pudgy. What's up?
7: How you doing, Pudgy? It's Chaplain Viviana. God bless you.
5: Hey, beautiful. God bless you too. How are you? <laughs>
7: Very good, very good Just rejoicing in the Lord Just came back from America for Jesus in uh, Philadelphia And um, I really feel so strongly that um, we really as a nation Must get on our knees and say, Lord um, You're the only solution to what's happening in America It's not going to be political, it's not going to be social It's not going to be Fixing the economy is fixing our relationship with Jesus, our Lord, and saying, "Lord, I repent, I turn away from my sin, and then He will hear us and heal our land." I oh, know
6: that's right.
5: I, I think uh, I think there's a lot of us individually that need to do that for our own lives and this country, because <laughs> we've uh, yeah, me
7: included. <laughs> yeah, well, all of us, we all
5: included. of us, you know, we we yeah, have totally. And on a political landscape of things, we, it, it seems like we have totally alienated Jesus in our conversation. Mm-hmm. To me, that's
6: well, that, that that sure.
7: That is sure. And then the, the the ironic thing is that we, as a nation, a lot of people say, "Well, I don't want you, Lord," and then you're saying, "Well, what's happening to our country?" Well, the lords, lords and gentlemen, and He will not, God will not force Himself on us. But as we <laughs> withdraw from Him, His protection. And his shield starts coming off, and we see the effects in, in like you said, families and how things happen with children. But um, I I just I want to be respectful of the time. Um, I have two two issues, my brother. Um, I was down there at Occupy Wall Street, and unfortunately, what may have may have been a good idea in some people's hearts mm-hmm. got um, they, it got uh, um, turned around Infantry. in a very tragic way and the thing is that the thing is that it was organized this wasn 't just spontaneous. There are people like George Soros. there were people that um, really do not like America and wanted to use people 's discontent to to sow a seed of rebellion mm-hmm. into the Occupy Wall Street. You you have the tea party which you had, you know, shared, yes, there was discontent there, but I tell you, I was at the rallies and there was no um they left the the, the ground beautifully clean, they were respectful to one another. Um, but when I went to New York in um Sakati Park, I call it mm-hmm. Liberty Park now. That's its original <laughs>
6: name. That
7: um, we had a Jericho march uh, around Zuccotti Park at that time, and many ministers and people were praying for the seat of rebellion to be withdrawn from that area because we are the ones that made a covenant with the Lord in New York City. It was the birth one of the birthplaces besides Philadelphia for our nation, and it 's very important. That whenever a seed of rebellion and violence comes into a place, no matter what it has as an umbrella, God is a God of order. Sure. So I have to share that, my brother, that um, there was something very, very, very wrong in and still is in the Occupy Wall Street movement.
5: Uh, absolutely. I, you know, I, here's the thing about that. I, I do. I still uh-huh. think that. And I, and I don't disagree with what you said in, in the spiritual aspect of things. And, and I know about George Soros and his henchmen mm-hmm. and, you know, all these guys out here that infiltrate things like this. But I mean, you really got to look at the groundwork of this, right? You have not the people who organize this thing, but you have American citizens who never really cared enough to – some didn't care enough to vote. Some didn't care enough mm-hmm. to pay attention. Some don't and still don't care enough to even be involved. But they looked at something like Occupy Wall Street, which didn't reveal itself at first. They looked at something like this and said, you know what? Okay, all this other stuff didn't work for me, but this time I'm going to do something. I'm going to stand up and make a change. I'm going to make a difference. And I believe in my heart that a lot of people set out to do that, but they didn't realize what they were getting themselves into. Kind of like Jim Jones cult. You know, a lot of people out. I'll say, you know what? I, I never went to church. You know, I never praised God, but this is the guy right here. This is the pastor that's going to lead me. This is the guy that's teaching me the doctrine that I need to hear. This is mm. the guy that's educating me through Christ, and I'm going with him. They didn't know he was going to whip out the Kool-Aid on them, though, and I think that's what happened to Occupy Wall Street. They suckered people in like the Pied Piper does, and he whipped out the Kool-Aid on these people, and now I think some folks are too far gone to realize that, hey, you've been bamboozled. As Malcolm X said, you've been had. You've been hoodwinked. Mm.
7: Yes, for sure. And one of the other things that I saw while I was there, when you say hoodwinked, there were a lot of people that um, they had signs as if they were saying, you know, we have to, you know, tear down capitalism. I I tell you, Pudgy, China is going to a limited form of capitalism They were saying we have to have communism or socialism. It has never worked in another nation. And God is not a God that says you are to sit down while money gets redistributed to you. If you're an able-bodied person, the word of God says that that person has a responsibility to care for himself or herself and their family. And the thing is the entitlement that has been spread in our nation Is what's going to cause The, the um, ingenuity The entrepreneurship um, Right now it's a dirty word To do a, um, yeah. a What do you call it To, to be um, uh, successful No and, and the thing is that The rich do have a responsibility But let me tell you A lot of these liberals Give less than some other people and they're preaching to the choir, but they're not including themselves, my brother. Hey, you know they what? were disrespectful to the police. Yes. They they even used feces on a police car. Yes.
6: Yeah, so this saw that.
7: is this is like against authority, and and that that was the root. So that's why I had to call him, my brother.
5: <laughs> I you know what? Hang, hang on a second, because you you sound like, and I agree with one hundred percent of everything you just said because I saw that myself. I saw the interaction in D.C. I saw how strategically organized this this thing was. But let let me go ahead and bring on my guest because I think the three of us will have a a, a very intellectual conversation on on these types of things. Uh, Welcome to the show. Is it Audie, Chris?
6: Yeah,
8: yeah, Dr. Audie, Chris.
5: Okay, I want to make sure I say your name right here. I I, I hate to butcher people's names. My name is Al Tari, and most people don't get that right, but Pudgy works for me.
8: How are you, Audie? Welcome to the KRP Radio Show. How are you doing? Well, thank you for having me. look forward to speaking with you.
5: Absolutely. I, I loved what you had to say. I actually met Audi at a tea party in uh, Pinnacle, North Carolina, up in the mountains up there. Beautiful, beautiful place. I got pictures. We're going to get some pictures up in a second. Uh, welcome to the show. Let the people know what you do and uh, what you stand for.
8: Well, um, I am out, um, very interested at this point to get uh, Christians registered to vote in the time that is left Mm -hmm. and uh, other Christians out to vote. In North Carolina alone, there are 250,000 Christians that are not registered to vote. Of the ones that are registered, uh, 30% vote and only 34% of the women vote. And my interest comes from growing up, being born and growing up under Hitler, and seeing what happens when you have a totalitarian government uh, proposing the same ideas that are being proposed from Washington right now, wow. and your previous uh, the other person on the call is very uh, you know right they did not work we have you know all all this uh, socialism and so we have proof of that just ninety miles from our coast in Florida Cuba it does not work, did not work
6: mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. you
8: know that would be an antique car lovers haven because they drive cars from the fifties and sixties. They they don't have any new cars. Uh, communism wow. in Russia itself didn't work. And, you know, all around the world, and Americans believe, apparently believe that unless they put their approval on the fact that it doesn't work, you know, other people's uh, ideas or, or experiences don't count. So I have spoken out for years about this. And uh, have met with resistance and name calling and so on because everybody said it couldn't happen here in America. Oh, we live in America. And, um, you know, so now I tell people while you were playing golf or while you were playing, you know, at the beach or whatever, uh, (laughs) at the football games, you know, guess what happened? Somebody took over your country. Wow. And now, you know, and it has been in the works a long time. It did not just start here recently. The It has been 100 years the, since the since Ottoman Empire, the Turkish Empire, fell apart.
6: Mm-hmm. And
8: they have been preaching and teaching hate ever since then. And now they are saying, it's our time. You have had history for 100 years speaking to the West, and we want it back. And then some Muslims in in Austria and other places have said that. And they have a playbook. And part of what is happening, that's what they have been planning. And uh, there are tons of books that have talked about this. And Americans have just been in denial, and they have not wanted to know about this. And uh, so I have decided to put everything else on hold. And I uh, tried to get into churches. Uh, Mm -hmm. Pastors are not very open. And, uh, you know, any place I could find, into schools, just to wake people up and say, it's here, you've got to do something, you have got to vote. You know, because uh, uh, 17 or 18 or 20 percent that come out to vote, that just is an embarrassment. And and it's going America is going to slip away and from from us and everybody is going to wonder what happened, and my big concern is that um, America was started by God as the launching pad for the gospel across the world, and if we don't do something, it, it that launching pad will be lost on our watch. And we're gonna to have to stand before him and explain to him why the blood of Jesus was not important enough for us to protect this launching pad. Mm. So anybody that, you know, that wants me to come and speak, just they can email me at oddychrist at ctc dot net and we can work something out. There's not that much time but, you know, we can still do something.
5: Let me let me backtrack just for a second here. Um First of all, I I have to tell you that your courage is tremendous for what you're doing because I know the stance that you're taking and and the things that you're talking about and the position that you take, I know it's unpopular. I know there are a lot of pastors that are going, no way I'm not talking about this, I ain't losing my members. Listen, I, I just I just want to backtrack a second. So first I'll tell you thank you, but let me backtrack and let me ask you and, and get it out there because I don't know if my listeners caught that. Now, you grew up under the Hitler regime?
8: Yes, I was born 24 days after Hitler invaded Poland. Wow. And, um, uh, you know, my family lived under that. My family was part of an underground movement that hid... And, and fed Jews. My, in the mid 30s, my mother worked for somebody that was uh, owned ships, not quite like on uh, Onassis or one of those, you know, big guys, but quite a few ships. And she worked for them, and they uh, hid Jews. And the way that they were found out is that we had snitches. I don't know if you remember or not. But when O'Reilly, President Obama, first came in, he had this program: if somebody talks against me, give us a call. And that is, and that people were really upset about that because that was having snitches. And that that's what wow. they had during Hitler's time. And, um, so because of the First World War and because the people had been out of work and had, had no food, you were allotted only so much food. If you had four people in your family, you could only buy four pork chops. And these snitches, whether they be members of your family or on your block or in your apartment house, they would follow. You wouldn't know who they were, but they mm-hmm. would follow these people and then contact the SS and say they bought six pork chops. They're hiding Jews. And so then they would come with the, you know, uh, and knock on the front door and um, demand to be let in Mm-hmm. And they came in, and they would search the house, and it happened over and over and over again. And But they never found anybody. If they had found the secret room, you wouldn't be talking to me. And then wow. anybody later on, anybody that was anybody, uh, was uh, pulled into the service. So my dad was pulled in, and he sp- spent his time in the occupation in Holland, during which time he met some Dutch people, Dutch Jewish people, and he smuggled food out to them again if they would if he would have been caught he would you know you wouldn't be talking to me, and so I come from a family that goes back to twelve forty a d and they wow. come my my testimony when I give it is called from God's Mountain to god's country and uh, uh in in um, uh during Hitler's time in the mid thirties if you wanted to get married, you had to prove for five generations back that you had no Jewish blood in you. And uh, the last entry when my mother died, the last entry on her side comes from a town which transfer is called Gottesberg which means translated God's mountain, and mm-hmm. they were godly people. All the shafts into the mountains had godly names, God's provision and God's silver and God's love and so on, and they were known and they were, became a town in the 1400s. They had to apply to the king uh, to get a market, and if you were allowed to have a market to sell your produce, then you were called a city. So I come from a history way back where Mm -hmm. they are uh, extraordinary people. And my name, my German name, translated into Old Gaelic, means valiant warrior. Wow. So even though my parents didn't know what they named me, I was named, one my mother picked, one named my first name, and the two others were grandmothers. But when you put them together, that means valiant warrior. And the Lord has just, you know, put it on my heart. I was raised up for a time like this because I can share it. People like me are dying out because yeah. of our age. Yeah. And, and And I have learned also that besides just giving my testimony, when I stand there and give my testimony, I look into blank looks. They have no clue of what it is like to live under a totalitarian regime. Because of all the movies and so on, kids don't know what fear and people don't know what fear is anymore. I can relate it to women. That have had, and, uh, and when they come home at night, they mm-hmm. have had car lights follow them. No matter which way they turn, these car lights follow them, and so you feel your heart beating in your throat, and you start making, you know, plans, escape plans. Where's the police officer? And where's the light? And so on. And that fear just keeps up if the guy, if the person, or the car is still behind you. So women understand that a little bit more. But my uh, uh, my testimony has turned more into also a history lesson,
6: mm-hmm.
8: and uh, because people don't understand, and you know, people ask me when I get through, they say, "Why didn't the Germans do anything?" You know, when Hitler started. Well, you can I can ask them the same thing now, because uh, Hitler put people back to work. Um, they uh, he started same thing as Henry Ford, a car for every person, which is called the Volkswagen, which is still around. In Germany, they have cobblestone streets, so cars and cobblestone streets don't go together. So he and he uh, commissioned the autobahn, so we have the interstate.
6: You
0: sure. know, so
8: good things happened for a while, but that was on the front of what could be seen. Behind the scenes, he was already, they were already planning, you know, a a different scenario. And that's kind of what it is like in Washington. It has, they're following the same scenario. They're using his playbook. They're using the Marxist playbook. And so, you know, then when it finally came out, it was too late. Although there was one reporter that that had an interview with him, uh, that interviewed him in 1931, and recently when Michelle Bachmann uh, uh, came out with the accusations against Islam and so on, this was written in there. He had an interview, and in the middle of the interview, he answered a question wrong, according to Hitler, and Hitler spewed at him, you're a German, and you're you of know, the perfect race, and you're a, tut- a is, is, uh um, uh, a race, uh, a group um, uh, clan in Germany and mm-hmm. he just absolutely let this guy hold it and this guy contacted the people in Europe, the leaders, and said you've got to get the Jews out of here they are not safe and they didn't believe it he came to America and told that to people and they didn't believe him. they said Germany has always been there Germany will be there and, and nothing is going to change they didn't interfere and also, Hitler tried to get the, uh, the get rid of the Jews in another way. He put them on boats and sent them across the ocean in the different countries that they were on the way to. They while negotiations were being made, the ships had to turn around because none of the countries wanted the Jews. So they had to go back to Germany, where they ended up in ovens. And, and uh, uh, the enemy that started all of that, Satan, he has become, you know, he's not stupid. He is smart.
6: People Absolutely. can go back
8: now to, uh, the, to, to Dachau and Buhuvot and all of those things, and people can see what happened and, and their reminders. But now he is uh, using abortion to have another Holocaust that will never be able to be traced. Because there are no ovens and so on, but he is—he has aborted millions and has been the cause of millions of abortions, which is another Holocaust. And people are denying that. They, you know, we've got these outsiders saying the Holocaust never happened in Germany, but we have people right here in America not even admitting that the that the abortions and the abortion mills are causing there to be a Holocaust right here now, and we're seeing it and we're looking at it and we're ignoring it.
5: That, that's something that
8: this...
5: I'm sorry. That, that's something that I'm very passionate about. The, you know, the pro life movement in, in this country. And uh, if you look at the death totals, you'll see nothing ever in the world is in comparison to abortion uh, right here in America. And, and it's just right. amazing. It's astounding to me that people really won't look at this for what it's worth. I mean, I I, I can't grasp the fact that people will compare all of these deaths, all of these murders. To a choice, and they will argue you down about a choice, and, and you know, really, w- when it comes to, to having the choice, we, we're not talking about that. That's not the conversation. The conversation is, are you paying attention? Is blood on your hands? Why aren't you more responsible? So you, you know, when you that that really struck a chord when you went to talking about that. But I just wanted to ask you for a second, uh, when you look at America today. What's the most fascinating, or maybe not the most fascinating, but what's the thing that sticks out the most outside of abortion, which we all agree is the worst? But what's the thing, politically speaking, that sticks out and reminds you the most of a Hitler regime that we're actually doing in America right now? What do you see that everybody should be focused on right now?
8: um what well, they should be focused well what speaks uh, i mean what sticks out is their denial that there's a problem
6: mm-hmm.
8: you know with with the uh, administration and uh another thing when i give my um presentations in schools, one of the other things is say uh, why didn't Germany do something well, they forgot god they had the, the german people the, the German people had had some bad experience with the churches. Um, after Luther, the, the um, bishops of, of Germany had a uh, convocate and they to decide which they would follow the Roman Catholic you know belief or the um, Lutheran belief. And then the northern bishops decided to go with Luther, and the southern bishops decided to go with the Catholics. And I grew up in the northern part, and the Catholics were in cahoots and had been in cahoots with. Uh, uh, Hitler and and the Lutherans, uh, the the Lutheran pastors are government employees, and when the Baptists talk about uh, separation of church and state, they're completely off because the Pilgrims that came here were from Northern Europe and England, and the, uh, they both. Experience in England, they work for the Crown and Germany for the government, so it is a government position and if the government wanted something done they uh, they went through the pastors and if the pastors wanted to keep their jobs, they did what the government said. It is still a civil servant position,
6: <laughs> so they Amen. could get
8: uh, things they could get laws done and they could impose taxes because they were civil servants. And that is one of the what the pilgrims wanted to get away from. They did not want their government in a roundabout way uh, run by the churches wow. and so you know there there's there's wrong information here and and people have American people have felt buffered by and isolated from the rest of the world by the two oceans they thought that uh, strange ideas could not come to them from either side because (laughs) of the Atlantic Ocean and because of the Pacific Ocean. And so it's coming from, you know, a lot of it from the satellites now, which, you know, the the oceans aren't a barrier anymore. Not not at all. There's been a false security. And Americans have fallen away from the Lord. They go to church, but they really don't worship the Lord.
6: Mm,
5: that's that's big right there. They go to church, but they really don't worship the Lord. I'm gonna get a call in here out of the five seven one area code. You're on the air with Pudgy I know who it is. But how are you?
0: What's up, P? How you doing?
5: Hey sis, what's good? Odie, this is you Sunny. Have... I'm sorry, Odie. This is Sunny Johnson. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but uh, I call her a celebrity. She's a celebrity to me. So you know, how are you? <laughs> oh, hi, Sunny.
8: Oh
0: hi. How are you? I was just listening. And one thing that um, I wanted to kind of add to that, and I, I, I'm going to get straight to the point because I don't want to keep her from talking anymore than I have to, but it's the context of when when you're explaining about what was going on with Hitler and you say um, why didn't what why didn't the Germans react? Well, when you ask that question about why didn't America react, that was the time of Margaret Sanger. So they were championing, championing championing, what the Germans were doing. They were like, how are we letting the Germans beat us at our own game? They are showing us how to do it correctly, and we're over here not paying attention. A lot of the progressives in America knew exactly what the Germans were doing, and they wanted those same Measures put here in America, the mm. only thing that stopped it was the church. The only thing that stopped what Hiller was doing in Germany and, and across Europe here in America was the church, because back then they used to call it eugenics. Now they call it genetics. But it's, it, it is no different. It's the same group of people doing it. It's the same progressive ideology doing it, that there is this perfect race. that they, they were in America in the 1930s and 40s. They were here, and they were watching what Hitler was doing, and they were trying to see how far he could go if he could get away with it.
6: Well,
8: and the, the only my, my thing question, that stopped it was the church. But my question for years has been where is the church they're not even talking about that in churches they are having you know a form of godliness and and feel good philosophy but the pastors are not calling their parishioners attention to that and in the bible it talks about where god says i to his shepherds i have given you these people and you have misled them and you're going to be judged uh, according to what you have done you know, so um, they they're not educating their people, and the Christians, you know, the, to me, the churches need to be the basis of it because God is the basis of it.
6: Amen. And we're all
8: going to have. What they, they have done in what they've done in the American church, or especially
0: in the Black church, is they've infused this Black liberation theology in with the gospel, and and well, so the... you have you have this you have the gospel that's telling you as an individual you need to know God and and you are basically you're supposed to be the church as an individual and carry God with you everywhere you go but in this theology this black theology which came right after the holocaust ended so at some point these people should have should have saw the outcome of collectivism. At this point, it was no longer a guess or a gamble about what would happen when you got a totalitarian government, no matter what you called it, and and you gave them ultimate power. They should have known. But at this point, the progressives did not stop. If they could not get it all at one time, they, did they didn't mind at one shot at a time. And that's what they have done to America. We are a generation that has never lived under what our founders started for us. We have lived under the footsteps of socialism, and as what Karl Marx said, is that socialism, socialism is just the roadmap to communism, just depending on who's sitting at the top at the time of the transfer. And and we as Americans are sick because. We haven't even been taught this. We don't teach our kids this. We don't live in, like she said, we don't know fear. We don't know because we live in a a somewhat civil society, very civil compared to other areas in the world. We don't understand the suffering that will come. They are going to bankrupt this country. Those people who are dependent on government will do whatever it takes to, to feed their family, to feed Absolutely. themselves, yeah, and they're gonna have, and they're gonna cry out for someone to stop them, and then that's when well, we're gonna we're gonna lose our freedom, and and no, and it, it's just sickening that that no that they we don't see it, we don't see it.
5: Let me ask you well, all the, this
0: right the, here. The keywords
8: well, are, the, excuse me, the keywords well, are what you said. They haven't been taught. And um, you, you're, you know, you're one of the few people that I have heard talk and refer to Black liberationalism. because when you tell people that, they don't even remember. They don't even, you know, you don't even have to go as far back as was, you know, as was you did. You just have to go back to the '70s. They have no clue. Name. And and it's alive and well, you know. And when you, I don't know if you saw the movie 2016 or not, but his, uh, Obama's mother. Um, was a, a third-world uh, black liberationist uh, follower. She was a member. She married guys that were in the same thing. He was surrounded by, by socialists and Marxists and so on. So when the Bible says, train up a child in the way that it should go, and when he gets old, he will not depart from it, it also holds true on his side
6: mm. because
8: he what he Ooh. is doing now that is what he was taught. He doesn't know anything different. To him, that is the way to go. And, and you know, what you're talking about is if, when I came over in 1958, I was surprised that the American students could drop history from their studies in high school. And I thought then, you know, if you don't teach history, if you don't learn history, you are going to repeat it. And that is what is happening now. They, are, you know, it's being kept from them. And I can't remember the person's name, but 30 years ago, she wrote a book called The Deliberate The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. And the 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 book is about 3,000 pages. And then recently, she made it available online, and there's 2,000 pages. And her, I mean, her son has written a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they the movies that you see from China with all the soldiers you're not following and step, that is what their goal is for American children. They don't want people that have an opinion. If you ask some teenagers now what your, their opinion is on some things, they don't know. They cannot tell you because they haven't been taught. And so there's a book out now by, um, I don't know if you've heard of her or not, her name is Brigitte Gabriel. She is grew up food. under islam in in Lebanon, and she has mailed out seventy thousand little booklets to school board members uh, she is from her, <laughs> I love it her organization is called act uh, Act for America, and yeah. in there she shows the the changes that have been made to the school books by the people that publish them they are seventy percent of our school books are published by the uh, the uh people from Saudi Arabia. And they make changes. In case you didn't know, uh, the Muslims uh, discovered America.
5: Hmm. Well, let me let and, me and let me throw things. this out here real quick, folks. I, okay. I, I just we we are in a in a difficult time. Okay, in in America today, we we know our history. We know we, we know if we don't. We realize the people that that are talking now, Sonny. You, how do you know? Uh, we understand that if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. We get that. There are a lot of people out there who don't care to know their history, number one. There are also a lot of other people out there who know history just as well as we do, but they spend more time focused on political crap. I, just, I said that mildly. and 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 this is what bothers me because – I didn't want to go here, but I'm, I'm going to go here anyway. We're in a time where all that presents itself is just a little bit better than the worst. And there are a lot of people that stand on party lines and talk about party politics versus talking about what we need to do to go forth as a nation after an election. This election is a very small thing. I understand how great it is in terms of, as some folks say, getting that guy out of office. I understand that. But w- what I really would like to focus on and what I wish people would really focus on is what our government is doing, despite any president, what our government is doing to the people of this country. And let's face it, the real issue is with the establishment itself. And if we pay attention,
8: sorry. I'm sorry? I said it starts with with recognizing and going back to who god is the well, the two party the two party system in America, if you're honest about it, is really dead uh the uh the republican party has the members of the of the democratic party who are so trustworthy and they trust their party so much they have voted forever my Mother-in-law, she was still alive. Her, his, their history goes back to General Davis and the Civil War. They have always been Republicans, but I mean Democrats, but their party is not the same anymore. Currently, there is an imposter, a Democratic imposter in the White House. He is a third world black liberationist movement member, and he has stolen the democratic flag and wrapped himself in that, and the people haven't recognized that. And uh, so I tell people about voting. I said, vote to glorify God. In the Bible, God says you're either for me or against me. And when you Amen. peel all these layers away, and and government and whatever, if they were to make laws to, that would glorify God like our founders did, a lot of these problems would be taken care of. And I tell people I, uh, the other day, uh, you know, wrote a piece and I said, who do you, when you go in the voting booth, you have to figure out who, you know, even beforehand, who you're going to vote for. Are you going to be for God like Solomon or like Joshua and and so on, they chose God over worldly stuff. But God gave them wisdom and gave them people with wisdom to rule the country. If we put uh, uh, God's priorities first, which is no abortion and and, uh, no sodomy, if we honor that, then he and, and the candidate that that stands for that, God will bring people along to solve all the other problems. And if we leave God out, God also says that He would leave people if they don't choose Him. They would, he, you know, he, they would uh, be victims of their own imagination. But then I also ask, are you going to come down on God's side like Joshua and say, yes, I don't know what you're going to do, but for me and as my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Or are you going to be like uh, Adam and Eve, and you're going to pray, betray God? Now that was mild. I didn't want to say what I'm going to say now, but a Catholic bishop was just. It came up last night, and made me feel really bad. But he came. He said that um, when you get in, go into the voting booth, you go in one way, and you, when you're in there, depending on how you vote, you could come out losing your soul. And if you go into the voting booth and you do not choose to come down on God's side, if you betray him, then you will come out of the voting booth. You will have lost your soul. You will not know it because even Adam just lost his spiritual soul. You won't fall you won't fall dead. But you cannot betray God. You cannot say you're a Christian, vote against His principles, and betray Him, and come back out and say uh, that that you're still a Christian. You have just made a liar out of Jesus. You just have made a liar out of God. And and I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. Well, and I always say really... that we
5: should vote with God. I I definitely always say that. Hey, you know, we we got to vote with God. But I'm I'm not one to. And I hadn't read. You know, with with no disrespect to that. That bishop or, or whoever that was, nor you, Audie, at all. But I'm not one to say that somebody's going to lose their soul forever or condemn their soul because of how they vote. I'm not going to say that. But what I will say is that we well, need it's to be not more voting. Excuse
8: me, it's, it's picking God over what man says.
5: Well, well, absolutely. But the scripture tells me that you repent with, with your heart. See, see, a lot of people don't understand what they're doing. A lot of people are voting on persuasion. A lot of people are taking the best interest of, of one party over the other party because of familiarity. You know, I often tell candidates, if I'm asked or if I'm in a group where I'm speaking to candidates and we're talking about campaigning and this, that, and the third, I often tell people, hey, hold up, you know, before you start name-calling and putting tags on people, one thing you've got to realize is that you've never been there. So people are voting with similarities. They're voting for the person who either looks like them, and, and that's not always racist, they're voting with people who are who talk like them. They're voting for mm-hmm. people who are in their areas. they're voting for people that do for them. So a lot of people that vote are voting on the basis that hey, I'm familiar with that guy or people like them, but what happened is,
4: but, but what, yeah, what happens
5: now and, and what we're dealing with now is a greater to me, I'm just going to put it out there it's a greater evil force. Because we're dealing with somebody who's very manipulative. He's able to be that person that you know next door. He's able to act like the person who's helping you. He's able to talk the talk like the guy next door. But the truth of the matter is he don't give a damn about you. And his idea is to cultivate and change you for good, forever. He wants to control you. He's trying to drive you to this machine of a government who wants to control you and control your interests and your food and everything about you, even down to your money and how your kids react, plus their education. Oh yeah, This is what we're facing today.
0: And that's not even any – and when you you said earlier about putting the Politics aside, I don't. I, your audience know me, so they they pretty much know where I stand on politics, and they know who I'm voting for. But I'm not going out and making a big fuss about it because, to me, that isn't the right now. Everybody thinks that politics is the big deal, and to me, politics you are, we will never solve politics if we don't solve the individual. And I don't know how many other ways I can say that. We have a generation of people who have been betrayed by government. They have been betrayed by their church. They have been betrayed by their culture. They have been betrayed by their parents. They have been betrayed by their schools. They have been betrayed since the day that they were brought home. They have been betrayed. And they don't know how to trust. They don't they right. they are walking around lifeless and numb, and if we cannot realize that helping we can never heal these people, that like she said, that is in God's hands to heal them. but if we can form some kind of coalition that gets together and says, "Look." I don't care where you are with God right now. I don't care where you are with finances right now. I don't care where you are with all of this other stuff right now. Let me heal your heart. Let me give you a friend. Let me give you um, hope, not Obama hope. I'm talking about hope for you to see your life differently, to see your existence differently. I ain't worrying about nobody else, just you. And to have people actually, because we have grew into this collective, and and we don't strive to be the best at what we were meant to be good at. So we just walk around in this daze, and that's why nothing bothers us. That's why we don't want to learn the truth. That's why we don't care about the truth or who we vote for or why we vote, because nothing matters to us. That's why drug rates are so high. Alcoholism is so high because we want to numb everything, we want to hide from everything, and until we can solve that single that single that single solution of telling people, God put you here. He wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you. He wants you to be strong because in kind when you feel all God's love, then you want to share it with somebody else. And that's the kind of society that built America. We didn't need government to take care of people because we took care of our own.
6: Amen. Because
0: we were blessed enough by God to realize that was the way you do it. And that's what we have to get back to. You could talk politics all day Until you can get people to realize and to look not only at themselves as beautiful creatures that God created with a purpose, but then to give that love to everybody else, we will will be a country in decline. We will not see it coming. We will not save ourselves. We will not be the last line of defense of freedom in this world if we cannot save the
8: individual. Well, and if we don't, you know, if they're not taught uh, about God and how uh, uh, faithful God and how He put them together in in their mother's room with a plan for them, they're not going to rise up and uh, to defend this country to punching pad for God because they've never been taught. And so, you know, they need to know that is the only way that they will know that they have value, that God thought of them before the world ever began. And that is missing. That's There's right. so much stuff that has crept into the church. They need what? to know the truth of why they are here. And, and uh, you know, God knew their name. God knew where they were. And God is the answer because, uh, because of Jesus Christ to get out of this. And our country is right now is in this um, the predicament because they left the Lord out, and the church. And we're in a time now. That... We're
0: in a time now where the word is not going to come from the church. It is right. not going to come from the church. It is going to come from people like us that are just saying we've had enough. It is not right. going to come from the church. It will be. God said that He would speak to all. He would speak to all men at one time. He would call all of us, and He and I think that that's where we are right now. We're at the precipice of is enough. Are enough people going to answer God's call to wake this country up? That right. is the question. The also- are we still God's country? Is enough right. people going to wake up and call His name at one time to let Him heal our land, or are we going to falter? And that's the point we but are right now.
8: Right. And that is when I talk, that is what I'm, ge- I'm not geared toward Republican or Democrat. I am calling mm-hmm. them back to do, you know, to to stand with God
6: that's right. and
8: and to stand up uh, for God because we need to get back to that. The churches are even polluted. I was talking at a church, I <laughs> uh, gave my presentation about a month ago, and the pastor was at a Presbyterian church. Mm-hmm. and we talked and he was he was sharing that he when he was going uh, to seminary he and some other students confronted this one um professor that they had a good relationship with and they were questioning him about you know what the church had become because that is not what the church had been and the uh, the professor said that in the 70s there were uh, some conscientious objectors who uh, instead of going into the service, decided that they would become, um, uh, go to seminary. And they hid in seminaries. And see, what you see now are the leaders that went to seminary. They never had an experience with God. They just, uh, nothing about the Bible. They just wanted to hide from going into the service. And he says, what you see now in the Presbyterian church is the result of those people becoming leaders. And see, when you have that, and they don't fear God, then you know, in the, they, can't, they the pe- young people cannot get the truth in those kind of churches. And we think that they're still there, but it, it never even occurred to me that people would, you know, as conscientious objectors, go in would go to seminaries to hide from uh, going into the service. You know, mm-hmm. so I just there are so many different things that. You know, have been influenced by the evil one, and America is to me like a great big target. And the enemy said, there it is, there's the bullseye. Now go after it with all it's worth, I want it. And if we don't speak out and we don't vote the way that it would glorify God, we're sunk. And once America is sunk, there's no other place in this world where the gospel would find favor and would be spread out. And then you know, it it just would be a disaster. Amen. And, that and is what I'm encouraging.
0: Just, just to add to that, because it's so funny when you talk to like the average American um, about Islam, and and they're like, "Well, they should just leave them alone. We shouldn't be there anyway." And 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 I, I'm I'm saying in some cases I totally agree with that. So that's not the argument. But here's the argument: You don't understand Islam. You don't. We don't as Americans take them seriously. They no. take. I mean, as you can as you can see by the embassies and 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 all of the Middle East burning, they take Muhammad very seriously. No. They they take they take um they take their religion extremely seriously. And the only thing that combats that is having God on our side. See, we can joke about it here. We laugh about it. You know, you have halfway Christians here, and they—they're not halfway. They're—they're totally they're no. committed. And the difference between our God and the God they serve is our God wants you to have everlasting life. In heaven, their God wants you to bathe the world in blood, and and they take it seriously. And so, while we need to be re, um, regaining our religion and strengthening our bond with God here, we also need to understand there will always be good and evil, and the evil right now is it masked itself and in Islam and radical Islam. And it is targeted at us, like like she said. And we don't take them seriously. So when, when Ahmadinejad says he wants to wipe Israel off the map, people he laugh. He's not <laughs> joking. He's nah, he talking, talking. No, about no. he's not kidding.
8: But pe Americans are too naive. They are so naive it's not even funny. And they ha- they have no clue about the rest of the world. They don't even know America. And I used to a long time ago. I used to watch Jay Leno, and he would ask you know people anywhere these questions, whether it be about government or whatever. And people, it was so embarrassing because even the teachers were so stupid. And uh, uh, we were having a discussion also sometime back when uh, Greece and 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 Israel or uh, Turkey and Israel were having a problem and we were discussing it and these people were scratching their head and they said, Well isn't Israel just below Brazil? And, and you know, that's, they wow. don't they don't have they don't have any concept of geography and and Islam is when you look at it is the exact opposite. It's a mirror image of the Bible. And mirror images are always distorted and, and the enemy, you know, he's he tries to do what God does but where it says love in the Bible, it says hate in Islam. Word, you know, all of the. But they are. It is. But it says you can't. You know, it's supposed to lie in the Bible. In Islam, it is okay to lie and be deceptive if it furthers the the plan of Islam. And one and of you the problems.
0: And you can murder yes, anything.
8: And you can behead,
0: yes. and you can chop off and mutilate. I mean, see, like you have the
6: these
5: women opposite. here. Oh, pardon me one second, folks. Welcome to the bonus hour at, on the KRP Radio Show, folks. We're, we're in a very interesting conversation. Thank you, guys, for listening. You guys who fell off, who were listening live on the air. Thank you for listening to the KRP Radio Show dot com. We we'll catch you guys next week when we talk about uh, Israel. And Iran and America, the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, that's what we'll be talking about next week. But continue on listening to the bonus hours of KRP radio show, 619-638-8559. Hit number one if you got a comment. Invisible invisible conservative will get you on in just a flash. I'm sorry, Sonny, you were saying?
0: No, I, I was just saying that, like, what you have this mess with, like, saying war on women here in America, Right. Mm-hmm. No, the war on women is the women who have to wear burqas, who cannot leave their house without the presence of a man, who are not allowed to be educated, who cannot drive cars, who cannot own property or work, who have no self respect, who have to be told what to do by the elders in their family like their dogs. That is a war on women. That is the rule under Sharia. Okay, now well, with everybody, I want it's just I want to get this one thing out, and then I promise I'm gonna let y'all finish because I I didn't mean fine. to do this. I, I was you enjoying, have a lot to say,
8: so it's okay.
0: I was enjoying you have a lot listening to you. Yeah, well, the um, this is this is with Sharia, and and everybody always when you had a conversation of how can you solve this, if we just stuck our nose, if we just kept our nose out of the Middle East. No, no, they have stated their purpose. We could leave out of every single country in the Middle East, and they would still hate us and still come after us because their ultimate goal, and they have stated it, is to see an Islamic flag fly over our White House. So if you want to end this peacefully, then be be ready to get down on your knees and pray to their God, because they will stop at nothing less. That is their ultimate goal. Their goal is anyone who does not believe in Muhammad
6: mm-hmm.
0: and who, who who does not believe in the Quran. That, that you goes back
8: either bow to what in or you die yeah that is goes back to heaven when 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 Lucifer decided he wanted his throne above God's throne, and what you have just described is still the same plan. It is not just Islam but it is Lu, Lu, Lucifer is now Satan he wants to rule over God, and that is why that's the that is the basic to all of this. he wants to defeat God. And he knows how that that Jesus has already defeated him, but he wants to take so many Christians and other people with him in the meantime. And so, you know, that is really what it comes down to. But also you were talking about the women. Uh, they, can, Women, uh, their vote or their testimony doesn't count. If a woman has been raped, and it, it has to be corroborated by four men, if there were not four men present then her husband's vote counts as four so they can do to her whatever even though she was the victim and there's a program on um uh that Francis Swaggart uh, um Jimmy Swaggart's wife has on their uh, network and it's called Francis and Friends and they talk about things like that and she showed the, the video yesterday of a woman in the street being knifed to death by this uh, person and I think it was her husband uh, or somebody that her husband had hired, Just she was on the ground and she was being stabbed from all sides and screaming and carrying on. There were people standing around in a circle watching that happen because to them she had done something that was against the Sharia law, so this person that was killing her had arrived to do that. They never lifted a finger and so when people there are people here that want to institute uh sharia law. the sharia law the the uh people from you know islamic persuasion they have been really busy trying to uh get the Sharia law recognized over our law and there is now also somebody from i think he's a lawyer or rep, no, a representative he wants and has made a petition to some court that the First Amendment be uh, our First Amendment be replaced with Sharia law. Wow. And people just have no clue. And this is not a new thing. They have been planning this for umpteen hundred years, you know, uh, so to speak, twenty, thirty years. And so this is the plan. And there's a uh, another movie. It's a, sort of like uh, um, a 2016, but it's called The Project and mm-hmm. somebody in some raid in i think it was in Iraq found this playbook from islam that uh, uh showed what they planned to do to america and so, so this is an it is out. not pardon
0: from the, from the inside out that yeah, that their plan planted. their plan is to infiltrate like like with the so they uh, have. like with the with the mosque with the mosque downtown um near um Near uh, Ground Zero, near where the towers fell. Okay, right. it is an ancient, it is an ancient Muslim tradition that when they conquer a city, when they go in and they knock down your buildings, they replace your buildings with a mosque to remember and the, the victory, to remember the victory of the buildings of yours that they burned, and so they right. wanted to build this huge mosque right downtown. By ground zero And you had Americans Saying let them build it (laughs) I mean If nothing else Can you understand that all of this Puts your safety This existence that you have Is because America's strength And role in this world That's why we are allowed to Excuse my language Bitch and moan about the little things Like getting free cell phones And crap like that when other people in the world are trying to get fresh water, have a second right. system. The only reason we Once have the society the that we have is because of America's strength and power in this world. And they are living like cannibals. They live like they they want to be third world countries because they it's easier to control a population when you – Don't have the internet when you you know you're not connected to everybody else. The information can't get in. They want the stone age, and they will bring us down to get it.
8: Right, and they're doing it in in other countries too.
0: I'm a passionate person, and this conversation (laughs) just kind of brought it out of me today. So I I apologize.
6: (laughs)
5: Hey, we're mad at you, man. I'm here. It's live. It's really going down. It's a really sore subject. It's a really sore topic. I'm I'm in the studio standing up right now, man. You got I've been moving my microphone. I can't <laughs> sit still. Because I, I mean it, it's, it's a real it's a really interesting conversation. It's a really interesting topic. But a lot of people are so lost on what we're talking about. And people are yeah, I know I know there gotta be some people out there listening, like and, and they're wondering like, you know, where are they? You know, what's going on, what do they mean, Sharia law, what is that? Somewhat could you break down what Sharia law is for Sharia law for people who have no clue what it is? Could could you break that down and explain what exactly it is and why it's not beneficial for America,
8: please? Sh- Sharia law takes away all personal rights. Uh Islam is a country and it is a law. All in one, and the the Islam uh, is I mean the Sharia law is ruled by the rules that are in the Quran, which means that you can break your toenail and they can chop your head off. You, you know, it, it is just so severe. They can do whatever the Quran says. And uh, if it calls for beheading, if it calls for killing, if it calls for all of these things, that will take precedent over uh, any law there is, any law in any country. They can deceive, it is it is manipulated by the imams in churches. Their education is reading the Quran, Not any, if you see them, they, they sit at little tables and they read the Quran, Not anything else of what we call education. Then they go into the mosque where they are taught from the time that they're little. There's one thing that the totalitarian governments have in common. They teach their children from the time that they're very small, even oh, yeah. five and six years old, to hate. And you have seen, I'm sure, these pictures of little kids in, in Islamic countries and so on carrying uh, guns and being dressed as, raised as soldiers. But that is not anything different. Then the compounds that are right now in Idaho that have chain link fence around it, and that they're, they're compounds of the neo Nazis. They are alive and well. They have. They think that they are the supreme race. That everything has, uh, America has gotten it wrong. Inside the compound, in the middle, they have a church. There are schools there, and they teach little children how to hate and how to use guns, and they teach them the neo-Nazi thing. There are 1,000 uh, organizations in America right now that are interested in the downfall of America. They have about a million members. They a financial uh, the investment.
5: <coughs> Excuse me. No, I said they have a financial investment, a financial interest as well. well.
8: And they preach, they preach hate, and they, um, you know, their uh, the the membership of the neo Nazis is growing. The membership of the KKK is growing, and all of these people, when people are deprived of work and food and so on, these organizations um, uh, grow, and they're they're not quite as, as strict in enforcing their ideas as the the uh, Sharia law. The real law is a law of hate, a law of hate against our God, a law of hate against women, a law of hate against anything that will say anything about mohammed or the or the um um or islam and it is is so dominating that most people here have no clue. Uh, I would say 99% of Americans have no clue how severe and how dominating and how terrible this Sharia law is. It goes by the Quran. And uh, going back to something that I said earlier about go being in the voting booth and losing your soul, the, the thing that I tell people, I said, you have a month. To get into the Bible and read and educate yourself as to what would glorify God and what He wants from you, and you you need to do anybody, everybody that calls themselves a Christian should do that because if you don't know that, then you don't have ammunition about the Quran, against the Quran either. You need to know who your God is and what He stands for, and stand on that. That is your ammunition—the blood of Jesus against the Sharia All law. Right now, and uh, we have, you know, the the magnitude of evil in the Sharia law is mm-hmm. so foreign to Americans that it will it, it will surprise everybody. It is and, it is and, that bad. I well, agree with
0: every. I agree with everything she said, but I want to simplify it a, a little bit further. I want to tell you it is, it is no internet, it is no blogs, <laughs> it is no hip hop, it is no movies, it is no television, no cable unscripted networks, it is Close. no restaurants. Close. No restaurants that they don't deem. It is no alcohol. It is no cigarettes. It is it is everything. No talking
8: to. It's no talking to it, a girl. It,
0: yes. No, yes. No. No kissing. No. No. No,
8: talking, no, no public.
0: Even... No public displays of any kind of affection. No homosexuality. It is it is punishable by death. Okay. This is Sharia. Uh, it is it is no banking systems no records and, and it is no laws it is it is anarchy under the flag of religion that is like, don't even The have, local so uh... people it, it is that simple it is it is it is a complete and total loss of freedom so all you atheists who out there thinking, oh, no, 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 they don't want you either, because if you don't believe in God, it means you don't believe in their God, so they will kill you too. It is an onslaught of nothing more than do what we say, when we say, how we say, don't say anything about it, accept it. And and as I go back to it, live in the Stone Age because they're not going to let you have your cell phones. Under Saddam Hussein, one of the things we did in Iraq was allow people to actually get together in groups because under his rule, you were not allowed to gather in groups of more than 10 people because they would think that you were plotting against their government. So there were families that had never even got together for weddings and ceremonies. This is what it is, a complete breakdown, total loss of everything you think you hate about America.
3: Because well, they, you don't
0: know have, better to realize how good you got
5: it. Let me let me take a second to bring somebody more. else on into the conversation. Hold on, hold on, Audie, just one second. Okay. I want to take this moment to uh, bring on someone else who speaks on this topic. Uh, welcome to the show, the Invisible Conservative to the show. How are you, sir? Hey,
4: Pudgy. What's going on, sir? Hi, Sonny. This is Thomas. Hi, how are you? I am well, and I want to weigh in on this top, topic because you guys are speaking my language, and then I have to run off for a, a national prayer call. But All right, I brother. Wanna- get it. I wanted to lie in on this. Otto, let me tell you something, and Sonny, you as well. You two are so right when it comes to talking about the church and what the church is uh, not doing. Now, I can honestly say I did not vote for um, our current president in 2008 because of the fact that I did not vote for him. I did not because – I knew what he was about then there was something about him and and sadly, I must admit, I voted for in the in the primaries. I voted for him over Hillary because I got caught up in the hype woohoo. But when I started watching him closely and being a believer. I listen when the Lord puts something in my heart. And so I started watching his actions and some of the things that he would say. And and his whole view came across as very arrogant, narcissistic, and dangerous. And so when he was elected, I cried. And I was on the phone the day he won the election with a, with a cousin of mine. Who's another? Who's also another Christian? And I told her the things that are happen, I, happening today. I told her specifically what was going to be done to our country. And I don't know how I knew this except it had to be the Lord. And so when you have when you have individuals who, like myself, you auto Sunny. All of us we're sounding an alarm but people are saying but hey it's about history and then when you have our churches and let being a black man I'ma specifically address the black church and that when the black community is is the one community that is disproportionately affected by abortion, but yet our pastors, except for a handful, are they sit back silent because they don't want to lose their money from the Democratic Party or Gotta whatever else. Yeah, I'm sick. You know what? You guys, just like with Sonny, you guys – opened up something for me because I was one of those babies that they say, well, even pro-lifers like to say, it would have been okay if you was aborted because I was an exception. I was a ectopic pregnancy. So I am wow. an ectopic pregnancy survivor. So, you know, when I hear that, and Otto, you are exactly right in your, in your um, paralleling it with what, Happened to the Jews in Germany But I'll add something It's it's, it's, it's Adi Oh, Adi O-D-D-Y Oh, what did I say? Adi? Or Odie? (laughs) I think you said said Odie Adi Adi O-D-D-Y Okay, I apologize And
5: and my name is Al-Tari Now say that (laughs) No, (laughs) I'll just call you Pudgy See, I
4: (laughs) Nah, that's okay And I apologize for the (laughs) Name messed up, okay. but um, but no, you are absolutely right in the parallels with that. And here, here's it out. Take that even further. When Hitler came to power, he also came to power on the votes of the working class Jewish people. The same Jewish people that he then turned around and sent to Auschwitz. In the uh, in the other concentration camps. And the reason why I make that parallel there, and I brought that up, because the same thing is happening within the black community where when, when there are those of us, we're trying to speak the truth, and yet we're being blasted because, oh, you're just selling out your community. You're not voting Democrat and all this stuff. For me, you're right. It's not about a party, but it is about a community of people allowing their vote to be monolithic. In other words, being co-opted in one area, especially in an area where for the last 60 and 70 years, the programs that they have been promoting to quote help us have been doing the equal and opposite of what they have actually said, and it's been destroying us. And that's, now, that's oh, it's doing.
0: It's doing it's doing exactly what they said was going to do. We just didn't listen. At, <laughs> and in the like, should, all you have to do is go back to the '60s, and what happened in the '60s? was the battlefield changed. The battlefield changed. They knew that they could no longer openly discriminate and segregate. They knew that they couldn't do it in the open anymore because now there was video cameras. Right. So American people were now seeing the dogs being unleashed. They were now seeing the hoses being unleashed, and they were saying, this is not who we are. So the American people started to speak up. So they couldn't hide anymore. So they changed the battlefield, and it right. no longer became a racial battlefield. Now it became a battlefield of whether we're going to take over this country or whether we're going to, whether we're going to have freedom. Right. And, and you can see the push that they have made in the last 50 years. To, and they have done, they call themselves progressives for a reason. Right. That it's not that <laughs> they're not telling you what they're doing. They're telling you we are progressives. We'll take it a step at a time. Right. We don't have to get a single player a plan right now. We right. can just tell that's Obamacare. And Obamacare will be so bad that they will come and. Beg us for a single player plan. That was the purpose the whole time. They don't mind taking.
8: Obamacare. Under Obamacare, if the baby uh, comes out alive after an abortion attempt, the doctors are uh, com- wow. demanded to leave it on the table to die.
6: Wow. The, baby,
8: the babies that are born alive after an abortion attempt are they told to put it in another room and they are forbidden to help that baby survive.
5: Right. So basically, you know, so, mean, they, they can so murder real. a newborn baby. That's what it means. Basically, let me just break it down for everybody out there who like to sugarcoat that. Basically, they're saying if your baby that was intended to be aborted is born, you can take this infant that is trying his best to breathe and survive, that is trying to live, put it on a table in a separate room, and leave that baby to die. Wow. Right. That's what it's saying. For for everybody out there that like to sugarcoat it and want to talk about their damn
8: choice to do this and that, this Amen. is what it's saying.
4: Say that. That's, right. But That's then right. As far
8: as the choice is concerned, they can choose to have their tubes tied if they want to sleep around and not get pregnant.
5: They can choose to be responsible for doing their actions. They can choose to be responsible right. for taking care of this child or even giving the child up for adoption. But I don't know why right. it's a choice. I don't even know why it's an argument of a choice to kill
0: an infant or not. That should not be right. a choice.
4: Hey, but you know, man.
0: This is the point. This is the point of their numbness. This is the point. This is why they numb you. Because now you don't even look at your own child as a person. Right. right. That's right. right. That is the numbing effect. If 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 what? they can numb you to the point where you don't even consider the child in your stomach to be a person, what are you going to care about the next man in the street? Are you going to look at right. at that person like they're put? Per- no, no. If all of
8: it, all of it goes to the same purpose.
6: You, right. But no, earlier,
8: earlier you. today, they, earlier today, they had an, uh, some pictures on that were on maybe six months ago, and in one picture, it had a tiny little cell, and it, under the picture, it said, "If they find this on Mars, they will call it life." The next picture was wow. a baby in the womb, and they said, and they call, they say that this is not life. So I mean, they, their wow. minds have been right. so messed up. That they, you know, they're spending billions of dollars on sending stuff to the moon where the, everything is, uh, uh, you know, it is not made for comfort and it's far away right. and it's inhospitable, and they're spending billions of dollars on that. But yet right. there's a baby in the womb in a protected area to be taken care of, and they're spending billions of dollars on killing it because they say that's not life, but one right. cell on Mars, would be hailed as a big discovery, and it would be called life. I mean, right. the mind of humans are messed up, you know, and that comes from not respecting who God is and worshiping God and accepting Jesus as personal Savior. Right.
5: You know, it's, 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 yeah. Well, Carl Marx. I, I just wanted to get on. That. I, Sonny said something about steps a minute ago, and and I don't I don't mean to sway and change this, the, the root of the conversation. I just wanted to get this out, and and I I wanted my listeners, I challenged my listeners to write this down. This is something that I came across a little while ago, and and I saved the link as a favorite. But it was talking about the 10 planks uh, that that started, that stated in the Communist Manifesto and and some of the um, American counterparts. And, and, And I want you guys to list these things real quick. And, Thomas, I know you got to go, so I'm going to be really quick in reading them off. But here are ten planks. And for people who think that, you know, we're talking absolutely crazy, because I know there's some people who are listening that are going, you know what, they're a little bit too far for me. This is a little bit too far-fetched. I don't get it. I don't understand. Or I don't want to understand it. It doesn't sound right. They're just trying to get at the president or they're just anti-government or what may have you. All I'm asking, all I'm challenging you to do is list these ten things, and I want you to look up what is happening in the country, look up different events or bills or whatever you got to do, and I want you to link them to these 10 things because they're already, it's already happened in America. So if we're lying, that means cause marks didn't exist. Number one is abolition of private property and the application of all rents to a land of public purposes. Americans do these actions all the time with the Fourteenth Amendment and in Constitution. But different zoning, school, property taxes, uh, the Bureau of Land Management—all these different things, all these different entities are are created as the first step to obtain your property by the government. No,
0: it is it is it is Fannie Mae and it is Freddie Mac. Right there. Because
5: Planned, they planning. take
0: over. They, they, Fannie, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac now own about 80% of all the mortgages in this country, and that is a government entity. Okay? So even though everybody is going bankrupt right now and losing their houses...
5: They're still good.
0: These are... The government is still funding billions upon billions upon billions of dollars to Fannie Mae and to Freddie Mac to make sure that they continue to do loans. And that is so every they can get as many mortgages as possible under the government entity of Fannie and Freddie.
6: So, so that they're means I'm not on afraid. their
0: way to destroying pro- private property on that grand scale.
5: Well, that's number one. Here's number two. A heavy, I'm just going to read through these all, and then we'll talk about them. Number two is a heavy progressive or graduated income tax. We already know. Number three is the abolition of all rights of inheritance. We'll come back to that. Number four is confiscation of property of all immigrants and rebels. Number five, centralization of credit in the hands of the state by the means of a national bank with the state capital and executive, I'm sorry, an exclusive monopoly. Number six is centralization of means of communications and transportation in the hands of the state. Man, we are seeing this stuff. Number seven is the extension of factories and instruments in production owned by the state, bringing into cultivation of wastelands and improvement of the soil generally according to uh, any kind of plan that is offered by the government. Number eight is equal liability to all labor of all to labor establishment of industrial armies, especially for agriculture, We already know about the executive order that was just reintroduced and amended by the president, but I won't talk about that because I had a listener call me crazy saying, anyway. Number nine is a combination of uh, agriculture with manufacturing industries, uh, a gradual abolition of distinction between town and country by a more equitable distribution of population over the country. And number 10 is free education for all children in public schools. Abolition of children's factory labors in its present form, and a combination of education with industrial production.
8: Okay,
0: before These you go things, to
8: answer, explain explain to the people that are listening to you what the Marxist Manifesto is, since you're you know, explaining everything. Just put it down into their language.
5: Karl Marx, is the most anti—I'm sorry. Karl Marx' stance in the Communist Manifesto was something that was created—it's an ideal of anti-God, an anti-God initiative, an anti-free world, an anti-organized understanding, an anti-God anything. Karl Marx adopted a counterpart for each of these things as planks in order to destroy a a republic. He wanted a 1,000 percent— Go, government organizing government Ran equal for all people But only by the government entity Only how the government offices A socialist state if you will This is what Karl so Marx the is about
8: manifest, The Marxist Manifesto Is his book of rules How to govern such a state Wow and uh, so, I want
0: to you know, I want to Okay so I want to run through this real fast we already got the progressive tax. When you hear Obama say, have them tax more, the rich pay more, that's their progressive tax that they want to continuously take. Believe me, they cannot play off the deficit with the rich's money, so they will have to take from the middle class. You can believe what you want to believe on that. But the labor. If you read his original works and what they believe, because it it kind of they kind of changed it depending on what manual you read, but when it says um, giving all people the ability to work, that's not what it really says.
6: It says <laughs> right.
0: making sure that every person works
5: for the every entity.
0: person has to work. Yes, yeah. so. I want you to think about that in our population of people who are collecting a check from the government because under communism, under marxism, under this ideology of of making it fair for everyone, some group and population has to die. And it has happened in every single government that has ever tried it. And In China, Um, in Russia, in Germany, in Cuba, in North Korea, every country that has ever tried it, a certain segment of the population has to die, and most of the time it is the people who take from the system and put nothing back into it so all you people here that sitting there like oh Obama gives me free stuff and I love Obama eventually the money will run dry and when the money runs dry you will be in the government's crosshair because you are not contributing to the system understand that that's what it means it doesn't mean you get to be lazy and just suck from the system it means eventually when the money runs out you'll
8: be the first to go
5: Modern day slavery. They
8: will, if nothing is free. They will call in. You are uh, um, submitting yourself to their rule, right. and nothing is free. They will call in the chips when you least expect it.
6: That's right. They will right. pull
8: you in. They will pull you in with promises, and then when they have you, then they want to be paid back.
6: Yep, and right. and
8: uh, the same with Obamacare and who has to carry insurance and I, I read something today just makes your hair stand on end of who gets pay who gets coverage and who doesn't and who has to pay for it and if if people refuse to get insurance and refuse this and refuse that well that's okay if you can't prove you're a citizen that's okay the citizens that do pay will ha will be forced to pay for your medical care. Yep. Even
4: if you're not a citizen, I want to. You know, I want to and... say. This. Go yeah. ahead, Tom. Tom, uh, go I, ahead. I want to say this real quick because I gotta. I gotta get on my prayer call. But, um, Sonny, you hit the nail on the head. But I wanna. I wanna clarify exactly who that group of people is because it's already happening. It's the black community. That's the reason why you don't ever oh. hear a big uproar about black on black crime or all yeah. the. All the violent deaths, but you know, lo and behold, if it's a white man that kills a black person, then the progressives uses that as a um as a means to really further um their agenda yeah, further their agenda because if you think about this, Sonny, and I know you know this and um but here's the thing because of the issue of abortion. The our uh, our population uh, replenishment rate is now below the the magical number two point one percent, which is needed to for replenish a population, population group to replenish itself. We're right. sitting it at about one percent, so we're not even replacing ourselves. And and like you said. It was all by design. And the saddest thing about that is that most people, even most Americans, not just the people in our community, most Americans really hasn't grasped the fact that uh, a genocide and a Holocaust far worse is being perpetuated on a community right before their eyes. And it's sick and it's twisted. So
8: Let me tell you something about that. When I, I was in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, sharing what we have just talked about, or about Hitler, in mm-hmm. uh, a school, and as the bell was ringing, uh, a young man lifted up his hand, <clears throat> and the teacher said uh, that he could ask his question and I could answer it, and he said that uh, he, uh, you have used, talking to me, the word oppression several times uh, during this talk. He said, what do you mean by oppression? And the thing that struck me—the thing that struck me the, <clears throat> the most—was that he was a young black man. And the danger is if you don't know—I mean, it's good that he didn't know what oppression was, but if you don't know what even to look out for for wow. danger signs, so yep. that it will be repeated,
6: yeah. right? So exactly. it had
8: two sides to it. You know, one was good that he did not experience any of that. The next one, the other thing, the danger signs that just flew up all around me was, this kid is not going to know what hit him.
4: Wow, and that's, and that's so right on. But I, I got to take off. Pudgy, great Yo. show, Sonny, and I'm glad to speak with you guys. Love you all to pieces. And Thanks, Thomas. We'll do it again.
5: I right, appreciate you Alrighty, stopping by, nice folks.
4: That's you. uh, yep, that's Thomas. Uh,
5: he has a show on BlogTalkRadio.com called The Invisible Conservative. Check him out, man. He's on every single day. I believe it around twelve noon. So you guys check him out. Make sure you look for him on BlogTalkRadio.com/slash Invisible Conservative. I just wanted to piggyback on something that's a reality right now. Uh, something that Thomas said, and 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 there's a reason that a lot of folks don't speak out about black on black crime. And uh, and and frankly, you know, I like to ask the question to some people who does support the president. I would like to ask them, you know, he he claims to be from Chicago. I remember on his campaign trail, he was Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. I did this in Shawtown. I did that. I was on the ground. I was working. I know those people. Those people are hurting. I'm going to help them. And over 365 random acts of violent murders. To random acts of, of, of violence in Chicago and not a word.
0: Look, and and it's, it's, it's Chicago is progressive and that's what you're going to get in progress. And you can explain it. I'm going to use her oppressive because I, I was told this quote when I was in seventh grade and it was something that stuck with me for my entire life. And I still remember it, even though I forgot the guy who wrote, who quoted it. Um, the most potent weapon in the hand of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed, and I remember that before I could even understood exactly what he meant. You know, you know what I'm saying. Before I even could fathom what it what it meant and what kind of role that would play in my life, I understood that the only way someone can oppress you is if you give them your mind to be oppressed. And we have people right now
6: who who have
0: turned their mind over, and it's going to be I want to say fun, but fun isn't the word. It's going to be Amazing to watch and witness what God does through the people who are now speaking up because he didn't bring us this far just to fall flat on our face. So as long as we have people like us that are willing to speak up, I, I can never be too desperate about what this country is going through, no matter what kind of hardship, as long as we have people that are standing up. So I'm glad to have this conversation tonight, and I know I called in and and, and, and ran my mouth a little bit too much, but... It needs to be talked about, and I'm glad that I had the mic to do it. So, thank you as always, bro. I love you for the time.
5: No doubt, we welcome you to the show. And uh, you know, any any time you decide to come through, it's cool, man. And we definitely welcome you through. And you know, when it's a topic like this, it, it's 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 like that, man. It's it's just that serious. That's this is what happens when you're passionate and when you actually care. You can't help but to give off the information that you know. You can't help but to talk about the issues. So you know we we welcome you man. It's it's no love lost here. I actually appreciate you and Adi for coming on and really breaking it down and giving more more meat to the conversation. So, you know, thank you guys.
8: Well, anytime that you want to, you know, to do that again, you know, just let me know on an email. And uh we'll, you know, we will do it again because it's like you said, we don't speak about it. You know, you're uh, you have a vast audience all over America and and they need to hear the warning.
7: They that's need, right
8: you know they 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 just need the warning that this is looming ahead of them and they still have time to do something about it and i appreciate your program and uh you know and and that you're not afraid to tackle these um subjects and topics to educate your hearers so and listeners so i really appreciate that
5: well yeah we can't be afraid to tackle that and and i thank you i got to tell you man you ladies you you are some brave souls y'all some brave souls man y'all really go hard and and i appreciate what you offer man and i hope that you know folks that were listening to the show i hope that it was a lot to gather there's a lot of information to get and i and i'd probably like to go back and break some of these things down step by step by step which is what we've been doing on this show from day one through now and uh you know we'll go back and we'll talk about some of these words that we threw out and you know define what they are and where they came from and you know, the pluses and the minuses according to people outside of the conversation that we're having. So I think it's, I think it's always fair that people get different understandings of what we're talking about. You know, I always think it's fair that people go out and research it for themselves and, and see where they right. sit. But but also, right. you know, I, I always tell people, make sure you pray even before reading the Bible, make sure you pray for clear understanding, make sure you pray for clarity. And, and that you'll be able to understand some of the things that you're taking in because it, it, it's just that important. I don't want people to be confused about things that they hear because, you know, God is no master of confusion. You know, if it's God, he's well, true. He, you know, if it's he God, said, he's sure.
8: But he said to ask him for wisdom, and if we do, that he would give us more than we could handle. So they, and the, that's what the Holy Spirit is there for.
6: And Amen. he will
8: clarify things for us. So. I appreciate you, and I look forward to seeing you again at one of the events and and, and talking to you on the phone.
5: Thanks, Addy. We'll see you soon. But hold up. Before you go, we do one thing on this show, and everybody, Sonny slid out of here, but everybody's got to give a shout-out to somebody. So if there's somebody out there you want to show some love to, let us know who they are.
8: Okay, you want me to do that right now? Please. Well, I want to give a shout-out to... Uh, the people that are maybe listening that are making an effort to keep this country going as a launching pad to spread the gospel uh, and please God in their efforts.
5: I like that right there. Out of, out of your B.I.G. in my book, I appreciate you, and we'll be speaking again soon. Thank you for a wonderful show.
8: Okay, you have a good night. Thank you.
5: All right, you too.
0: That's Adi Christ,
5: baby. Adi Chris. I'm sorry, folks. I get folks' names wrong, and I try not to put your names, but it is what it is, man. What a beautiful show. Shout out to Thomas for coming through from the Invisible Conservative. Check him out every day around noontime on the blog, talk, radio. Also, shout out to Adi Christ, man. Look for her. She's on Facebook. Always dropping some knowledge. Always dropping some information. That's what she does. She's definitely BID in our book. Adi, you found a new home. Come through when you like Shout out to Sunny Johnson, man. You can find her on Twitter at Sunny, S-O-N-N-I-E You know how to spell it. Look for she out there. Also give of B.I.G. Shout out to my organization, a nonprofit that we found. My man, Rashad Woods, on my team, we do a B.I.G., the organization called the Loving Father Society. Right now, we're also working on another organization that ties directly with it in correlation to it called the I Love Being a Black Father Society. It's a movement, baby. We're trying to do this thing all over the world. We're worldwide. We're global. We are trying to do some positive where we can do some positive. So that's, why we, that's what we do. That's what our impact is, what our mission is. And, uh, you know, we're not going to give up. We can we can be a fight and be with somebody, that's what we're going to do. So definitely B.I.G. Shout out to Rushai. Also giving a shout out to Tim Johnson, who's also down at the Grand on Today, I didn't get a chance to see him, but I heard he came through dropped his word before I dropped my word. Also another B.I.G. shout out to my man, Vince Coakley, who's also there dropping some some, of the, uh, some good information for the folks out there in Gaston County. And last but not least, a B.I.G. shout out to my brother, Kevin. Find him on
6: Twitter.
5: That's the heavy Daniel's I, That's my brother. That's my brother. That's my brother. That's my right. That's my brother. That's the
6: brother. That's my brother.
5: That's my brother. what you brother. to my brother. That's my all my
6: brother. That's
5: my Make you rock the ARB radio show.